brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Well, hello, Torch Faithful. This is Kelly Wells, host of PWT Talks NXT. Every Thursday, you can hear me and my rotating group of NXT loyalists banter about the highs and lows of the booking, the progress of young talent, and the big takeover matches. Harley Padgett provides NXT all-time statistics. Tom Staup shares thoughts from the live tapings, and Justin James tells us which talents will be wasted most on the main roster. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Cheers! Thank you for listening to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. Be sure to subscribe. Also, if you haven't yet, subscribe to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. This show, the podcast, have our blue logo. The Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows have our red logo. Just search Wade Keller and Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to Pro Wrestling Podcasts and click subscribe to the red logo, and you can download our post-Raw and post-Smackdown shows. I'm joined by a co-host to add a different perspective to the analysis for the show, where we talk to live callers, on-site correspondents who are in the building who tell us what did not air on TV, and we also answer mailbag questions. Those shows are available for download just a few hours after Raw and Smackdown and every Monday and Tuesday night. So there's a fast turnaround to get your fix with analysis of WWE's flagship shows. So check it out. That's the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. Just search Wade Keller. You can also stream the show live at wadekellerpostshow.com about five minutes after Raw and SmackDown air. And coming this fall, we'll have an all-elite wrestling post show. So stay tuned for that. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. 
They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Now, PW Torch and Spreaker bring you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. It's time for the weekly flagship, talking current events in pro wrestling. All right, Jason, I, I, I like to talk about match order because they have to put thought into this. And it, match order on major shows has to do with pacing and trying to give fans the best show, but it also has to do with politics. And, you know, who gets framed as the top star, CM Punk, for instance, except when he was against The Rock and John Cena, never was the final match during his entire WWE title reign. Somebody can fact check me on that. Correct me if I'm wrong on something. But I think I'm right. And certainly that was an issue that he was a champion, but he never actually was presented as the top guy. Uh, I think of Alberto Del Rio's opening match world title reign, <laughs> where he was always the opening match, it felt like, while the more prestigious Raw-based WWE title at the time, um, headline pay-per-views. Super Showdown is coming up uh, tomorrow afternoon. Uh, are you covering it live on ProWrestling.net? Uh, yeah. Yeah, same You, you can tell I sound really enthused about this. <laughs> we cover it so you don't have to watch it, or you can decide if you want to watch it. Um so I am I am curious. Now, right, it just so happens before the show uh, today, I got an email um, like a, cu- a couple minutes ago, and it is a the WWE email blast poster for the show. Um, so quiz question, because I, I assume you didn't get it or haven't seen it because it just came in. Who do you think is featured most prominently, and is it just one match or more than one match? Undertaker Goldberg. And I will guess if there's anyone who featured a close second, Triple H and Randy Orton. And that's what I would have thought. No. Well, yes and no. Undertaker, Goldberg, above the name Super Showdown in the graphic, that's what they're selling the show on. That is the biggest thing. And I am so impressed. Kofi Kingston and Dolph Ziggler has the prestigious upper left spot under the logo. And right next to them, because it's two... There's, Undertaker Goldberg wide shot, and that, and then they pair them up in a in a uh, two by two grid after that after the logo, and it's Kofi Dolph on the left and Seth and Baron Corbin on the right. So the titles get top billing ahead of Triple H Orton and Roman Reigns and Shane. 
I am so impressed by that. I, I, I was, I shouldn't be, but like they managed to keep a McMahon under Kofi and managed to keep Triple H under the Universal title. And so, you well, know, whatever you do, don't go to the match lineup on the on the uh, oh, no. the actual show page for this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's uh, it's pretty rough. Oh, man. OK, well, I, I'm happy with a I, congratulations to the poster designer. And if you need work, let me know tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe we can get you some graphic <laughs> graphic work when Triple H finds out. Um, so match order wise. And I mean, you know, I'm having some fun with this, but it's also there's something to it. You know, I mean, there there's politics that goes into what gets featured and you get a clue. Sometimes it's happenstance or a graphic designer thing, but usually they get instructions on this. In fact, it's a pretty micromanaged company. So match order-wise, again, it depends on what the finish is going to be. But do you think that they end up ending the show with one of the title matches, which is what I think they should do? Because I think you can sell people on Undertaker Goldberg as a reason to tune in. But I don't think it hurts the match if it's not the last match on the show. And I think there's a, 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 a cumulative effect that builds prestige to the championships. If championship matches go on last, the counter argument to that, Jason, is well, it's Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin as challengers, and it's freaking Undertaker Goldberg for the first time ever. Um, so, what, what's your take on that in terms of what they should do and what you think they will do on Friday? You know, my guess is they probably will close with Undertaker Goldberg. I don't have a strong feeling about it. I, I've, I, I mean, it, it's the equivalent of WrestleMania. So I, I've been working nonstop <laughs> hours around the clock just preparing for this moment. But uh, so I, I just haven't had time to think about the prestigious match order for the equivalent of WrestleMania. But yeah, I, I, if it's not, I don't go Kofi and Dolph there. I think they'll have a fine match. It, it I guess. With the Lesnar threat, they'll probably end up doing something with that. And kudos to Brock Lesnar for finding a way to somehow make a, a very lucrative payday for not even wrestling on this show. That, that's amazing to me that uh, he apparently, I mean, he may, but he's, he's, he's advertised, he's threatening to cash in. He may not even do anything, and he's going to get the, the, the big blood money payday. That, that's uh, something else. Um, so I would think if there is going to be something other than Taker, on last, it's probably going to be the uh, Universal Championship match, even though it is Baron Corbin, just because of the threat of Brock Lesnar. Now, do you buy into the possibility that Brock Lesnar is actually going to, it's going to be a swerve, and he's going to end up cashing in on the winner of Kofi and Ziggler? Any, any, do you entertain that notion at all? Because it could be a red herring. When, when Brock on Monday said, nah, let's do it Friday, everyone's like, well, why would he want to do it on Friday? You know what I mean? Like from a kayfabe standpoint, from a, if this were real, what would that character's motivation be for not just winning the title Monday? Well, maybe because he doesn't want that title. Maybe he wants the other one, but he doesn't want to tip his hand. Anything to that? Well, yes. And, and if that's the plan, then I think that is the path to Kofi's match going on last. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I mean, doors open. Heyman's the one who indicated that he was going after Seth's title on Monday. And the WWE graphics team, and the WWE announcers, and WWE's social media, and WWE's email blasters, they all bought into it. But no, you're right, the genesis was Heyman. Yeah, and so, I mean, that's kind of the the out they're using for for, for their latest bait and switch. And so, you know, if the Brock character isn't following Heyman's lead, then yes, this could be another swerve. Brock goes after that. My guess is nothing happens. It's just another swerve. Yeah. And, and... Because Brock's, it, he didn't cash in, and then he said Friday. So he's he's sort of got to be there Friday, even if he's not. Yeah, I think he'll be there. Yeah. And so uh, w- what would the reason be t- for him to not cash in? Now, if the reason he doesn't cash in is they tell a story where it doesn't look like there's an opportune moment to do so. Like, 
he doesn't want to, he's a heel. He doesn't want to fight fair and square. And Kofi beats Dolph and stands tall and is looking strong. Brock comes out, teases it, and looks at Kofi and goes, nah. And then Seth beats Corbin. And he fends off interference from somebody or, you know, a couple other heels, whatever. He's standing strong. And Heyman talks Lesnar out of it. Or Lesnar decides, nah. But at least he appears. Is that, in as much as it matters for Super Showdown, is that an okay enough payoff if at least Brock stands on the stage or comes to ringside and circles and then leaves? Or do you, are people going to be mad if there's not a cash-in? Uh, they shouldn't be anymore. I, I'd be more upset by what they did on Monday. That you know they they told you he was going to. They told you sometime during Raw he's cashing in on Seth, and he didn't. Yeah, I, I maybe it's just I have just so little excitement when it comes to this show. Uh, I'm sure you know some people out there probably will be if they're taking the time to watch this. But I, I mean, I, I guess now I'm just numb to the bait and switch, and so I, I would hope that they at least. I mean, maybe they do the bit where. You know, the referee asked 40 times if he's sure he wants to cash in. I've never understood why they do that, but they do. And then, you know, and you by have the time to they, be demonstrative with your body language, too. Like, it's like they're talking yes. to someone who's hard of hearing. So if I wave my arms a lot and point at the title, point at the ring, it's it's like it's a game of uh, of charades. Well, I, and I did appreciate Mike Kyoto taking that approach when Bailey cashed in. It wasn't just automatic, no. like, you know, the one time that, that they're going to know. He sat there and asked her a couple of times, and I'm like, oh, my God. But it, it's the right thing to do because they do it every other time that they tease it and don't deliver. Yeah. So if they do something like that where he teases it, there's actual, you know, he just doesn't actually cash in, but there's some physicality, I, I'll be okay with that. I, maybe I'm underplaying. I mean, Lord knows they're getting a lot of money for this, and, and maybe the, the, the royal prince wants to see a title change. The crown prince, yes. Or the royal crown yeah. prince, you might throw it, whatever. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if he wants to see, if he wants to be present, if he wants history to be made, that uh, the WWE title changes in in international zone. <laughs> um, and by Jetta. the way. J- J- just Jetta. Yes, just Jetta. Um, and by the way, the poster, the email blast, uh, says nothing other than the time, and it's streaming on WWE Network. There's, it doesn't say Jetta. Yeah, in fact, the, the show page, again, you go there and... There's a there's a slot for the time and location. It lists the time, no location. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I mean, th- the first poster, the first graphic said from King Abdullah Stadium, and then I think they researched King Abdullah and says, oh, or somebody sent you know somebody said, oh, do you know who King Abdullah is and what he's done or whatever? I don't even know. Um, but what for whatever reason they stopped doing that instantly, and uh, and then now it's been Jetta. There was one week where it was just international, an international pay per view. But uh, yeah, people people can look up where Jetta is. And now it's just the equivalent of WrestleMania. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should, too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. 
It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Let's, not, let's set the table. I, I want to talk more about Super Showdown, but let's introduce the show. Let's introduce ourselves. This is the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast for Thursday, June 6, 2013. This is our Thursday flagship, the show that every week we uh, uh, talk about the widest range of topics we can in the wrestling industry as a follow-up to the, uh, the red brand, the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post shows on a different podcast feed that review Raw and SmackDown. And I have a rotation of different co-hosts on the flagship. Uh, Todd Martin, a PW Torch VIP analyst, joins me every three weeks. Uh, Bruce Mitchell joins me often on the Thursday flagship. A mix of others. <laughs> a mix of others. I agree. A mix of others. And the main. Uh, the, in fact, you are the, the uh, what, what would be the right term for you? Because you were the every week uh, flagship guest on the, during the PW Torch livecast days. And uh, now, now we've negotiated you down to once every three weeks. Uh, and it just feels more special. It's like when the pay-per-views were ever, you know, t- sometimes twice a month. And, and uh, it, well, no, you were always special. It's always great to have you on. Yeah, and, and this is the equivalent of, uh, of our WrestleMania Week special. So it's, oh. it's an extra special episode for people. You can feel the buzz. In fact, we timed it out uh, a year ago on the calendar to make sure that you were here the yeah. week of the WrestleMania the equivalent on the eve of the WrestleMania equivalent. Uh, program. So Jason Powell from uh, ProWrestling.net joins me once again. We've been doing this close to 10 years, Jason. I started the wow. PW Tour. We've been doing VIP shows for paid members since 2004, but we introduced uh, a regular schedule of free shows in 2009, and you were on from, I mean, it was very late 2009, so it really was the start of 2010 when you started doing them with us. But um, yeah, I mean, we're going on, on 10 years, you being either a weekly or, or do we call it tri-weekly? I guess every three weekends. Yeah, I'm not sure what the uh, what the correct term is there, but yeah, I'm here every three weeks. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, why not just use plain English? So, welcome back to the show, Jason <laughs> Powell from ProWrestling.net. You are the host of the weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Let's just do this right now. What? Who's your guest this week, and uh, what are you talking about on this week's Pro Wrestling Boom? All right, when I say who my guest is, some people are going to cringe. It's Glenn Disco Inferno Gilberti. It was a really fun hour talking with him, and not in a... Disco going over the top and spouting all sorts of crazy opinion, it, it, down to earth, um, talking about all—I mean, all sorts of things. A, a trait that he notices that uh, a lot of the top stars have in common, and something that he wanted to emulate. Uh, just the art of being a heel, not just when you're in the ring, uh, but also some of the comments that he makes on Twitter. I, I, I laugh. I, I can't believe how many in today's world where everyone is so educated to what pro wrestling is. A heel being a heel on Twitter, people still buy into it, including some wrestlers. So we talk about things like that, why he didn't end up in WWE following his WCW run. So I should unblock uh, it, Jason? He, 
You should. Yeah, okay, just, okay. I'm telling you. I, I really had a fun said the other day, though, I couldn't him. believe it was so mean, so I blocked him. What did he do? He said something so mean that I blocked him, but now now I know he's in heel mode. Oh, <laughs> man. That dang, that dang disco. <laughs> yeah. Shame on him. No, but I mean, it, it, I mean, you can see it. People do buy into this. And, and like the chauvinistic routine and all of that. And, and he doesn't completely drop the guise of the chauvinistic routine. But I mean, it, it's I, I've really enjoyed it on Impact Wrestling. And I've heard you kind of say, eh, it's not good for the women. Yes, the, I mean, he is bearing women, in, in a, but in a way where the crowd is healing on him. They're not joining in going, yeah, get him, Disco. He's the villain, and in the end, he always puts over the woman. I, I think it's been some of the more entertaining television that Impact has produced this year. Um, it, it's been really fun just watching him work his magic, get the heat, and then in the end, put over the put over whichever knockout he's working with. Very cool. So how, how can people find uh, Pro Wrestling Boom and, and talk about the format a little more? Yeah, sure. It's a, a weekly show, usually drops on Wednesdays. More often than not, interview-centric. Once in a while, I'll have somebody join me, and we'll have more of a pro wrestling conversation like you and I are doing today. And if you're interested in the weekly show, it is free, and all you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts and do a search for Pro Wrestling Boom. Hit the subscribe option, and uh, you'll be all set. Awesome. Excellent. Uh, and on social media, people can follow you at Pro Wrestling Net. That's right, at Pro Wrestling Net. Leave the dot out of that one, at Pro Wrestling Net. Cool. All right. Let's, uh, let's get back into the conversation. A little bit more on Super Showdown, and then I want to uh, talk about NXT TakeOver, uh, AEW, the John Moxley interviews, uh, and more. Uh, so, Super Showdown. Uh, is there the, the hype for Kofi and Dolph has surprised me, because with, with a little caveat here and there, nothing's perfect, in, but or nothing perfectly placed to... to to, to everybody, but I think this has resonated well because of the similarities in the paths that both Dolph Ziggler and Kofi Kingston really have taken. Two good workers, a little bit undersized, a little bit thinner than the guys that Vince McMahon generally pushes. They tend to be a couple inches taller, a little bit more muscular, um, and and but they're well respected workers, and they've had their run of secondary singles titles. Uh, Kofi, obviously, tons of tag team success. One of them stuck around and was there when opportunity presented itself. And the other guy, real life, stepped away. Um, did a, a obnoxious, over, you know, grading storyline for a while, whining about how he should get more of a push, even though from a storyline standpoint, he was losing all the time, so he had no case. Um, and then he went away and took time off and missed that opportunity. And now he's coming back lamenting, it should have been me. I've enjoyed this. I think Dolph's performance as the first one felt a little more, uh, as I said, auditioning for the high school play. It felt a little, little dramatic, uh, kind of drama school esque. I think it's it's been better since. I, I do. Uh, I am more forgiving of the, saying a line over and over. It should have been me because I. It, it's a good line and it fits his character. And Kofi has been fantastic uh, in terms of. Bringing joy back to watching WWE TV at the top. It's not comedy joy, haha joy. It's I am so happy to have won. I want to keep winning. This is my dream. This title means everything to me. And you're all in it with me. I wish he didn't say WWE Universe, but yeah, you're all in it with me. And he points at the fans. And I believe it. Like it feels legit. There was this journey, and now there's this payoff, and he's winning. I think Dolph is a good guy to sort of be a guy like, I don't want you to be the, I, I want to take this away from you because I know how happy you are. I think it's going to be a really good match. I think their promos have been good. I think Kofi's been fantastic. Jason, over to you. I think Kofi has been really good, uh, but I also think it's time to stop the WrestleMania celebration. 
on SmackDown on Tuesday. Okay, you know, you followed that up with the with the footage from Ghana, which I thought was great. That was a really nice touch, and I hope we see more of that on the network. But I, it feels like every week he's still celebrating his WrestleMania victory, and it's time to kind of move forward. Uh, that that he's the champion now, and you can still do all the things that you talked about without bringing up winning at WrestleMania again and again and again. And I, I would say another part of this, it, it, like I, I'm with you in feeling like, hey, for where this is at on the card, realistic. I mean, it, it may headline as we talked about, but um, it, it feels like third or fourth from the top in some ways, or maybe, I guess you could go as high as second uh, with this. But still, it, it, it's Ziggler. It, it, it's not uh, a show that you would realistically headline a, a standard pay per view with, and so, but it doesn't have to be for this event. I, I think it's fine. It's a temporary break, apparently, from whatever they're doing with Kevin Owens. But it doesn't seem like they're building up Kevin Owens, so we'll see. Um, but I, I think in order for Kofi to, he's he's doing a great job. But in order for fans to start to see him as a strong champion and not just a guy who's happy to be there, he needs to stop working with Dolph Ziggler and Kevin Owens. And he needs to start facing Roman Reigns, Rock Lesnar, those types at some point. You can still do some of the matches that he's been doing, but I'm kind of waiting for that. Now, I will be disappointed if we don't get Kofi scoring a big win over somebody that fans perceive as a big deal. Because right now, he's facing the same guys he would if he were Intercontinental Champion. Yes, there's there's no question that... He, in order to overcome the perception of him as a as a upper mid card secondary champion, he needs to defend it against others who aren't seen as upper card secondary championship level guys. Yes, Kevin Owens has had a top title run. Uh, Dolph, you know, cup, cup of coffee with him. But yes, that is the next step. I, I, do you think they go there? Do you think that they get to the point where? Because to me, like Randy Orton should beat. And we'll get to this. Randy Orton should beat Triple H. Um, and he should do so in a way that that shocks people. Like, I mean, there's a lot of things you can do that will work. But I would, I think, get Randy ready and revved up so that it doesn't seem like he's just driving in the same lane at 68 miles an hour, uh, doing his thing, and he's totally happy on cruise control. Like, let's have him do something definitive, decisive, memorable, and then declare afterwards, Kofi, this is a statement meant for you. I want your title. Um, that'll forecast a little bit Kofi beating Dolph uh, and Lesnar not cashing in if he does it. I don't care. Or Randy can save it for next week's SmackDown and build to Randy Kofi. I think that would be the next logical step for Kofi. It's a top-level guy, a legacy star. They have that history at that MSG match that was sort of seen as a missed opportunity in WWE history to roll with Kofi. Um, th- is that a way to get past that and 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 uh, or, or to break that perception that, yeah, he's got the title, but, you know, it's it's still kind of the Alberto Del Rio reign where it's it's not a main event championship. Yeah, I, I think it's a, a big step in the right direction. You know, I, I still think he needs to be in there with Reigns or Lesnar at some point. And but I, I do feel like you can really you know, it, it's 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 definitely a boost from Dolph Ziggler and Kevin Owens. And I hate to say that, especially about Kevin Owens, but you know the, the, the turn came too quickly and and it wasn't planned that way. It's just Daniel Bryan was out injured and they needed to do something. So I, I get it, but I mean. He and Sami Zayn just keep losing now. Um, I, it doesn't mean 
anything, unfortunately, to beat either one of those guys. But it, it should mean something if they treat Randy Orton well. If they, you know, if they do what you're saying, I think that's a great way to do it. He beats Hunter, and then he says he, he declares himself. Even if you want to do it, you know, just leave the door open. He's going for either one of them. Whoever wins that championship, that's who he's going after. Uh, whoever wins that championship match. Uh, I think that'd be a great way to do it. And, um, yeah, I, I think step in the right direction. But then by the time we get to if Kofi is still champion at SummerSlam, I want to see him in there with Reigns or Lesnar or somebody. And, you know, chances are, I, I mean, I, I, I think people are probably listening going, be careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see him get a get a meaningful win. That's that's where I'm going with this. I don't know that they'll, they will see it that way, but that's what I would do. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What I worry about is they're not going to want to put Reigns in there with Kofi because Reigns is making some progress uh, in some cities, in some circumstances. Credit to Shane McMahon to a degree for this. Um, you know, he's getting cheered. He's not getting booed. There's been it's, there's been a few what could be tipping points for him. They've made it through it. If you put Reigns in against Kofi, I think WWE would worry Reigns would get booed. However, you also stand, you also have this possibility: if Kofi beat Reigns, and Reigns was gracious from beginning. From the beginning of the hype to the match itself and afterwards, that actually could unwind a lot of tension fans feel towards Reigns' push. Reigns went in there, had a killer match with Kofi. He was a cool guy playing off of Kofi. He wasn't a jerk. He wasn't arrogant. He didn't look down at him. He sp- said the things that fans feel about Kofi and gave him credit for it and said, I want to see if I'm if I'm championship level right now because you have raised the bar with your title reign so far. Yeah, he has to have a Kofi needs a track record for that to sound credible. And then they go and they have a 22-minute 20, great match. And I think you can, if, you, if, you're, if, I'm, if Vince McMahon says, how do we protect Roman Reigns? I think the knee-jerk reaction is keep him away from Kofi. But I think you can actually, it might be a little rocky for a little while, but by the end, after the match, if Reigns does a clean job, I don't think Reigns is hurt. I think fans respect that Reigns did the right thing for a deserving guy. And it boosts Kofi, but it doesn't hurt Roman because Roman's had such a strong push and done so well against other top guys. That path actually could lead to, in the fall, Reigns being embraced by fans because, in a meta sense, they see him as being asked to and willing to and embracing doing the right thing for Kofi. 
or I, I know you, you turn Roman on Kofi. Um, he does everything you say yeah. leading up to it. Yeah. Very gracious, everything. And then he finally does it. Is Kofi the right guy to do that with? Ooh, good question. Um, sure. Yeah. Who else? I mean, Seth would just be a rerun. Sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, honestly, what other baby faces is at the level of Kofi at this point that would make as much of a difference? I mean, pulling the rug out from under Kofi. I mean, you'd have to tap into Reigns' motivation, you know, and, and the motivation, I mean, it can be. I mean, it, you got to be careful with this promo, but it can be. Yeah. If, you know, I thought you I thought you fans were going to boo whoever was champion, whoever was pushed too much. Well, Kofi's got a bigger as big of a push as anybody and you're cheering him. And you booed me, so now I did take it personal. And so, now, you know, I mean, like, there's a promo in there somewhere. There's kind of Dolph. He's tapping into storyline and real life motivations. Reigns could do the same thing and, and be believable. I think it could work against Kofi. Yeah, and talk down to him. You know, just make yes. it seem like he feels Kofi's completely beneath him, and he's been a scrub all these years, and he's a fluke champion. Yeah. Uh, there's, I, I think, there's a way to do it. I, I do wonder. Uh, I, I mean, do, well, let me ask you because I, I go back and forth on it. Do you think we're going to get a big E heel turn at some point? I th- I think it's on the table. I think it's on the table. Yeah. I think they're considering it. Um, I, I I haven't heard, but I'd be curious to know if if uh, Biggie and, and Kofi and Xavier are for it. Like if they want to do that. The the problem is they've had opportunities with Biggie to in, to, to establish that as a singles guy, there's untapped potential, and and they've kind of capped that. Um, earlier this year, there was a singles match, and he lost. Or was, was it part of a gauntlet match? I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. But but I was like, oh, that was an opportunity to establish something with him outside of New Day, and they kind of defined him down a little bit. I, the problem with that is it's sort of like, you know, do people want to see Ricky Morton fight Robert Gibson or Jeff Hardy fight Matt Hardy? Or, uh, you know, like there are tag teams where they break up, and it works. Or you know? Cody fight Dustin? Yeah, that's different. Like I'm kind of thinking of the tag team that's been together forever, and then they fight. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, not not necessarily brothers. And Cody and Dustin are so different. Different ages weren't really you know seen as a tag team. They were seen more individually on separate paths and different people. So it can work, and then it it also cannot work. I mean, Hogan and Randy Savage make a powers collide, boom, and and that that drew money. So tag teams can break up and draw. Um, but I want I we're talking about Kofi needing to be perceived at a higher level. Is fighting a New Day member? Is that if if he goes from Dolph all summer and then to Big E turning on him, but doesn't have the Orton match, doesn't have a Reigns match, doesn't have a Lesnar win, then I think you're sending the message to the fans. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a placeholder and it, have fun while it lasts. But, you know, Vince McMahon is not taking it seriously. Yeah, I definitely do the Orton match before anything like that, before there's a Big E turn. And, I mean, hey, if they're thinking long term, which they should be, but who knows, I, that's something I might wait until WrestleMania season to do. Um, just and, and still at that point, Gage, is it worth it? How over is Kofi? Do we feel like long term? Eh, we're better off keeping Big E a babyface. So, I mean, there's there's different uh, different approaches to it, but I would definitely have that Orton feud just to establish Kofi first. And, and then, hey, if, if they do pull the trigger and turn Big E, I think he'll have that win under his belt. That's going to mean something. And hopefully the feud would be so heated. You know, if they do it right, I think there is a way that it's not going to feel like a step back from Randy Orton. It's going to feel like a, a, you know, a blood feud without blood in WWE with uh, between two longtime friends who are now rivals. Yes. Yep. Well, uh, can can we uh, turn the page to Seth and and Corbin? If we uh, must. (laughs) That's why I asked permission. Where are you on Corbin? 
I mean, he's this tall, serviceable. Uh, 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 oh, there was another word in my head. A tall, serviceable workhorse heel who can kind of be dropped into a lot of TV situations, both on the mic and in the ring, and be okay. And he's got heel heat. Um, I think that's you know as high as he goes. Uh, but I'm not like offended by him in this match because you know as, as, as Todd Martin said, you know at least Saudi Arabia is getting Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin as as the the title challengers on their show. So you know they're not giving away something that, especially in the case of Corbin, that fans are like, how how dare you put that, you know, in a position where I can't buy, travel and pay pay money to see it or watch it in primetime live. Um, but I'm not a, like a Corbin hater. Like I've been, you know, Steve Austin joked about me being the biggest Corbin fan. But I think I was along with Vince McMahon uh, on this one, thinking this is this guy's good enough on the mic and with his size and, and in the ring to be a, a top tier utility guy. I don't think anything more than that, and and that's higher than I think a lot of people want. But I, I mean, I'm I'm not upset with his push uh, and. I'm not upset with him on a show with Undertaker and, and Goldberg and Triple H and Orton and Reigns and Shane and Dolphin Kofi. I don't mind him being there to do a job to Seth in Saudi Arabia. I, I, I'm okay with this match. It's the fact that they and you know they can change this, but they have him advertised as challenging Seth for the next two pay-per-views after this. Maybe it'll grow on me. I, I haven't been traditionally like long-term a Corbin hater. I, I thought there was real upside there. Then they started dressing him like a wedding bartender and just shoving him down everybody's throats. Um, I, I think they do sometimes mistake heel heat for go away heat. I, I think he has a mix of that. Uh, and, and I think there's some of it is just like, let, let's reimagine this guy's look. I mean, I, I, I have a hard some wrestlers work in T-shirts and, and whatever, and it, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. His outfit does. Yeah. It just it looks ridiculous. And I, I don't I, I guess another thing I look at is is everything this guy's been involved with, he, he's kind of sucked the life out of people around him. Um, Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley are a couple of names that he's been paired with. And it just I, I like all three guys to some extent. You put them together and it just I, it was such a turnoff to me. I, I didn't want to see it. And I blame Corbin for that more than anything. It just there's something about him. Maybe they're skipping a step. Maybe this guy needs to be secondary champion and and kind of grow into the role rather than shoving him into the main event mix. I I, I feel like it's just a little. He's been there a, while, a long time. Don't get me wrong, but in a way, it just feels like that they're they're pushing him too aggressively because they sense that well he's getting good heat again, even though it's kind of to. And it, it, there's no way of knowing, but I sense it's it's mixed. It's a it's a mix between yeah. casual fans boo him. Hardcore fans are just booing the hell out of him because they they're sick sick and tired of seeing him. Yeah, and and I will second your uh, uh, critique of his uh, dress. I think it, of his clothing, it's ridiculous. I mean, it doesn't look. It, you can't take him seriously as a world title challenger when he's dressing like that. Still, and they need to make if he's going to do it, they need to make fun of it for it constantly and draw attention to it because it. It absolutely makes no sense. I mean, you, you've been hard on uh, and doesn't really so on Elias, you know, and, and not being able to take him seriously. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, there just comes a point where, you know, I mean, it, it's not that he has to, you know, dress down to Lars Sullivan level, but my God, you know, <laughs> look like you're. He's wearing look, work boots. Yeah, exactly. 
While the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcasts and PW Torch Daily Casts are all ad-supported free programs, you can make the ads and plugs go away. And wouldn't it be great to listen to this straight through without ads and plugs? You can become a VIP member and unlock access to 30-plus years of archives, a podcast, retro radio shows, and over 1,500 back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter dating back to the late 1980s, and uh, get our new podcasts every single day. Ad-free and plug-free. Not just the free ones, but the exclusive ones only for VIP members, including about a dozen others per week that I am part of. You can do that by becoming a VIP member. Full details at pwtorchvipinfo.com. That's pwtorchvipinfo.com. It averages $8.25 a month if you choose the one-year option, or you can go month-to-month for $9.99. Check out full details at pwtorchvipinfo.com. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, Triple H, Randy Orton, do you agree that that Randy Orton should win? And do you think there's a chance, or a good chance, that, that Randy Orton does win? Uh, and that Triple H does the honors, despite being a hero and uh, uh, a role model and a legend and a businessman and a genius and an influencer, all those things that uh, they flashed on the screen in that over-the-top parody of uh, Triple H's, uh, of people catering to Triple H's ego. At least they stopped calling him the creator. That that was, uh, even by Triple H standards, pushing it a little bit. I, I know what they were going for, but it's like, eh, people think of something else when you say the creator. Yeah. So probably not the best words to uh, describe him, but I... See, I, I think there's a chance Wharton wins, but I do wonder if it's going to be clean. That's the, the approach I would take. I don't know that they will. Um, I, I think there's a way to do it where Orton, I, I know you're not going to want to see this, but if they're looking for a rematch at, at the real WrestleMania, well, give Orton the win here, and, and he can always do the honors there. But you know that, that way you're building him up for Kofi Kingston or something else, but if they're really worried about Hunter getting his win back, well, you can do it that way. But why is, I wonder, why is Hunter such a mark that he needs to be worried about getting his win back? I mean, I'm not I'm not yelling at you about it, but like the idea is he, is he or is Vince? You know, I mean, it could be it could be it certainly could be Paul back. I, I don't know, but yeah. I, I sometimes wonder if Vince is the one who goes a little overboard with these things. Well, I mean, then Shane McMahon should be jealous that he's never been called a leader, influencer, hero, businessman, innovator, icon, mentor, boss, superstar. Those are the words. Uh, that, that's the actual list. Would you use any of those words to describe Shane McMahon, though? Um, oh, he's an influencer. I, I would use some of those words for Paul Levesque. <laughs> well, I would. I, hey, they might all be true. That's not my point. Somebody, When I put that on Twitter, someone's like, well, well, can you disagree with any of them? I'm like, I didn't even think about whether I agreed or disagreed with them. Even if you have all those traits, 
what kind of person lets a video be produced that puts all those on the screen to promote a, doc- a little documentary about you. It's like that's what a parody <laughs> person would do to make fun of your ego. I might think I'm a lot of great things, but I'm not going to put it at the top of my Twitter page and, and like put all the traits that I'm proud of all in a row in big print. And granted, you yeah, I remember well, when Bruce had to talk you out of that. Exa- yeah, so no, I had talked <laughs> Bruce out of it. Um, he's been bugging <laughs> me to do that for years for him. Um, but no, it's, it's like it is – you can't look at that with and, and defend it. It is it is it is what somebody who wanted to make fun of the most egotistical, self centered, insecure person would do to make fun of the fact that they would promote themselves that overtly. Triple H is fantastic in so many ways, and he shows us with the NXT product. He shows us with how how deftly he deals with media conference calls and Facebook Live calls. He has this career he can be proud of. Tone it down on throwing his shoulder out of joint by patting himself on the back on videos that he, quote, has nothing to do with. But he has a reputation for looking over the shoulder of people who produce them. We're producing them, you know, in, in tandem. So it's just, it's, come on. <laughs> it's, there's no defense for that. There's no, even if everything is true, you don't say it. You let other people say it about you. And then when they do, you don't put it in a video package. One after it's like those when the you know the, he was in the movies and they had all the people in the movie set going Triple H is a natural we've never seen someone show up with this little experience who's this amazing it was like one person after another and it was just like are you kidding me if I see someone produce a video like that about me I'm going to like send them send them off to Siberia I, I will di- I will disavow any association with someone who goes that over the top. <laughs> You clearly you didn't see Blade Three. I mean, come on, Blade. <laughs> um, but if someone says something nice about me on Twitter, I'll retweet it. <laughs> All right. Um, so anyway, I got my my rant out of the way there. But yeah, so Triple H, I'm a little worried about the quality of the match and the length of the match. I think the over under on the length of this match is what 28 minutes, 34 minutes. What do you think? I mean, it's got to be going to be generous and say 20. But yeah, you're right. It, it's probably closer to the 24. Oh, I think I, I will be and genuinely. I will be. My over under is like twenty eight. I can't. I just don't think Triple H thinks he should give people less than thirty minutes of himself on a big show. I think he thinks his fans deserve a full bell to bell half hour with him. So I, I'm. I'll. I'll say he gets talked down to twenty eight. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I can. I can totally see that. And it's based on track record too. So how long will the Randy Orton Shinlock be? Oh, yeah. He's got to have the obligatory mid-batch chin lock. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't I, wait I, either. I mean, <laughs> you know the Saudi conference watch it. He's, he's like, oh. And you'll know when, the, when we're at the midpoint of the match, too. Because that's when... And, and I hope the royal family's all at ringside like they normally are. So you can see the same blank look on their face when they, when they see a chin lock compared to like a triple Lindy moonsault. Nothing faces these people. They just sit there. It'd be awesome if for the, the, the obligatory mid-match Randy Orton chin lock, they actually pop. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. Have a sense of humor. All right. Um, yeah, so, I mean, and, and, you know, um, there's, Triple H doesn't work full time and it's, there's a chance it's going to be clunky. I mean, Triple H is, he's a guy known for being in the right spot at the right time, making, making matches so smooth, but at his age with, and he goes for the visual look more than the, the, uh, the, the, the flexible, sleek, athletic look. He goes for the, um, you know, trying to look like the, the action figure, uh, uh, he, he tries to look like the, the human version of the action figure. So I'm a little worried just about, you know, what kind of bells and whistles they need to incorporate or then not having bells and whistles. But 
Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, that's the thing. They haven't. It, I mean, this is the WrestleMania equivalent. Where's the annual WrestleMania match announcement that it's no holds barred or something oh, like God. that? Yeah. I, I'm guessing we'll get that somehow, some way. They'll they'll feel the need to work that in at the show. I would love if they if they brawl around the royal family. If they do a walk and brawl around them. <laughs> and then if someone like you know touches the robe, they get you know one of them gets beheaded right on the spot or something. Uh, oh man, yeah, that, that's always a possibility. Yeah, remember when JBL like did the Nazi uh, did the the Nazi stuff in in Germany, and it was like, yeah. no, you don't get to do that here, you know. And so, right. Um, okay, uh, Roman Reigns, Shane McMahon. Um, I, are, I, are we going to put odds on who's going to be beheaded? By the way, or are we just going to leave that one alone? Uh, I'll leave it alone. I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we shouldn't laugh about it. I mean, it's like literally happening in that country to people who, who are dis, you know, seen as not in lockstep. Uh, so, um, yeah, so, so, but, I uh, mean, they do things like speak out against you know, the, the, the government and I, I mean, come on, wet jeez. <laughs> so, uh, Shane McMahon and Roman Reigns, do you, uh, I, I've been a fan of Shane McMahon. Uh, I, I think I, of course I've always thought he was a what? what? I've always thought he should be a heel, and now that he is, I think he's doing really good work. Um, and I think he's helped Roman Reigns be a sympathetic figure. I think Shane is gr- getting more and more into this. Um, I think that having Renee Young make fun of him, you know, tap dancing uh, in the ring and, and, and doing his little dance, I've been making fun of him for that for 15, 20 years. Finally, the babyface commentator is doing it. So I feel like the stars are aligning. Um, and, and I'm sort of serious and sort of joking there, but on a, on a serious note, I I think he's been a really good heel. There's been more, too much of him on TV at the expense of actual wrestlers who deserve to actually be on TV getting promoted um, and all that. I mean, I still stand by all that. But if you're going to give him this kind of TV time, I actually think he stepped up, Jason. He's done fine. And, and some of it, they're booking him in a way that I wish they booked their regular players. I mean, they, they spent Monday and Tuesday putting a ton of heat on him going into this match with Roman Reigns. And I, it, it just crossed my mind that, like, man, they don't do this for Drew McIntyre or Elias or, or the guys that, you know, he's aligned with, but they'll do it for Shane. So it's like they're capable of building up a heel the right way, but apparently only if it's a McMahon family member. It, it's That part is irritating. But, yeah, he's been a good, that. obnoxious pest-type heel. and. Yep. I mean, and and he's been beating people up only when Drew and the Revival soften him up for him. Like I, that's what I'm more okay with. Well, too. didn't he pin one of the Usos without some of that? I mean, there's a little bit. Yeah, there, no, it's 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 still it's still a McMahon push, but not. I, I, yeah. I, but going into even Sunday, I mean, I anticipate Shane making it four on one or six on one, um, if not, you know, or you know, I mean, he's gonna he's not gonna. I will be down on the whole thing if Shane if the bell rings and Shane fights Roman Reigns, even Steven, for 12 minutes and then ends up losing and thinks, well, I did my duty. I did the job. And it's a one-on-one right. match and he holds his own. Shane McMahon should not be able to hold his own against Roman Reigns for any longer than you or, you or I, Jason. Um, you know, and I mean that seriously. <laughs> like, it just that's storyline-wise, Roman should destroy. I could go 30 seconds. I mean, be, I don't know how fast the man is, but I could run. <laughs> Yes, and that's about what Shane should do. So, and if Shane stalls at ringside or whatever, that's fine. But so to me, it, I mean, you have to—he has to use the the McMahon power of uh, adding stipulations and changing matches on the fly. Why wouldn't he? And he ought to. And if he does that, and uh, it extends the entertainment before Roman, you know, it, something backfires and he loses, then then that's fine. You know, it, it, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. It, it's 
I, I think they tipped their hand on this one. I, I don't know if it was meant to be, but when Roman talked about facing McIntyre at stomping grounds, um, I, I and then they were quick to point out that he has to beat Shane in order for that match to happen. Uh-huh. Because I was I was wondering, like, is this going to be some... Are they going to continue this where Roman beats the hell out of Shane and McIntyre interferes and Shane gets the win? Well, now that they, I mean, it's WWE. You'd like to think that that stipulation means something. It probably doesn't. I'm probably giving them too much credit, but it, it to me, it said, okay, Roman is winning this match. Yeah, well, and and again, I would hope so. I mean, I don't think Reigns should lose, even if it's five on one, but I think it shouldn't go more than two minutes unless it's you know four on one or five on one. That's kind of my point. He beats, I, yeah. I, 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 they, this is kind of a, a nice side match for Roman Reigns where yeah. no one's really cheering Shane McMahon. So it, it's kind of a nice, easy thing for him. But they do need to pull back on Roman beating up three or four people at a time. Um, they, they, they've gotten a little bit obnoxious with, with some of that on SmackDown lately. And yeah. I, I, I just, you know, it, it's the... The, the whole ongoing issue with Vince just not showing restraint when it comes to the way he books the Roman Reigns character, the the, the, the things that turn people off are still there. And, yes. and I worry, you know, what's going to happen coming out of this feud? Are we going to go right back to that again? And and the revival, if the revival are the stooges for Reigns, there, there's going to be a backlash against that, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere wear with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus um anything else on this card jump out i mean the 50 man battle royal is what it is no stips who cares uh bobby lashley and braun Strowman. Singles match, I don't really have a lot to say about it. I mean, it is what it is. Finn Balor and Andrade has a chance to steal the show, the IC title match. I'm looking forward to that. I hope they're given a chance to to uh, to really to really shine. I, I do not expect Finn Balor to wear the brain, any rainbow colors on his uh, ring gear. Um, and if he does, it might be the last, it he's, might be he's the last the match he has. Oh, that's right. Yeah, well, yeah, good point. So he that, could that, be, we, we figured out like he, that he could be in trouble with, this, with the royal family because, I mean— He's the demon. They don't like sorcery over their way. That's no. There, if the demon was to avoid the embarrassment of him not being able to wear any rainbow colors on during Pride Month in Saudi Arabia, so let's make him the demon because the demon doesn't wear rainbow colors. Uh, well, this this could turn out to backfire. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but I think it's. it's I, I want. I mean, I'll be into it once the bell rings. But I, I'm watching last night, and, and I, I tweeted this. Like, I don't even remember why Finn is mad at Andrade. They, they've done such a poor job of building this up. And the best somebody could come up with on Twitter was that, well, he powerbombed him from one ladder onto another in the money in the bank match. And I'm thinking, yeah, that, that that's what you do in a money in the bank match with babyface or heel. So what is he so pissed about? 
I, I, I don't know, and I think it hurts the demon character that the demon is coming out yeah. for this. I mean, it just it, it it's another reason for fans to resent these Saudi Arabia shows because things are happening that aren't that aren't in the normal course of of the WWE storytelling ecosystem because this is not a show that's being supported by ticket tickets or WWE Network subs. It's a show that's happening with the wrestlers who are on it because they're being paid well above market value. And people's problem, people's issues are where does that above market value money come from, and at what expense to human rights and to human lives. Um, so that that's where people's issue is with you know this idea of well we're bringing it to the fans. Well you know let the fans let the fans pay money, and then in that pot of money let that pay off let that be the pay for the wrestlers, and then do Undertaker. And Goldberg show up. Then does Triple H uh, dust off his wrestling boots? Does does Randy Orton show up for the kind of money that the actual wrestling fans who they're supposedly serving would pay to see? And and I think the answer is no. And and so this I you know it's it's when you have these gigantic high six figure paydays for these legacy stars, you know, I mean yeah, it's easy to it's easy to rationalize going there and participating. But you know, uh, cheers to the wrestlers who at, at their at, at the risk of backlash, um, even if there's plausible deniability um, by management, uh, I applaud them for, for taking the stance that they've taken. Absolutely. If you're looking for a way to stomach this, this is kind of, I mean, I feel obligated to cover it. If I were just a fan, I, I would not be watching this. But yeah. the way that I kind of managed to get through these is don't, it's not when WWE shows them, because then it's, you know, WWE, you know, look at how special we are. But Look at the faces of the kids in the crowd and how delighted they are to be seeing this in person. You know, that that I mean, it, I, it, just putting the politics aside just to see how happy the children it doesn't justify the show in any way. It shouldn't be happening. They should reject the blood money just as Endeavor did, turning down four hundred million dollars from these people. But at le- I can at least find some joy in seeing how happy these children are that they're getting to experience this. As I said about on the SmackDown Post show, if WWE wants to say, we are in business to earn the most money we can, regardless of anything else, I, can, I won't say I can respect that, but I can accept that and go, okay, they are what they are. But when they're saying, no, we're doing this because we want to bring, you know, we think we'll, we'll, we'll advance the, the culture and, 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 you know, what Ronda Rousey said and Randy Orton said, it's like, no, you know, and Triple H rationalizing it. Oh, it's, it's, it's the first step to showing them this and it'll, it'll lead to this and this and this. It's like uh, they haven't done enough to, to justify the stamp of approval of WWE uh, to even participate in that country. They just aren't doing enough. Uh, in fact, they're doing the opposite. And you can just Google <laughs> Google this and read read stories from credible, long-running, uh, you know, international sources worldwide about why this is not a country that uh, inter- American-based entertainment should be giving their stamp of approval to. But again, if WWE said, hey, we'll take anybody's money. We don't care what – and we don't care how many journalists they're beheading, how many women are, are in prison because they, they wanted driving rights before they were given them um, and all that. It, like if, if, if that's what they say, fine. But they've spent years promoting themselves as this, this, this company you should be proud to support. And they just need to stop doing that until the Saudi deal's done. I don't want to hear about their charity work. I don't want to hear about how we should feel about the WWE brand and the warm fuzzies we should feel. Particip- taking this money and continuing to participate there undoes that. So stop pretending you're something you're not. All you want to do is get a billion dollars in praise from some people on Wall Street who you'll never meet and it doesn't matter in life. But you want to get that praise to make you feel good in this monopoly game that you're playing that's high stakes. And just admit it, but stop telling us that you're this great company that does great things. 
that people well should be proud to support. Yeah. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Then we have uh, Lars Sullivan against Lou Charles Party. Yeah, we do. <laughs> um, I I, th- I loved Lars's promo on SmackDown. I I with the big asterisk that it, given his message board history, I'm not sure they should be going down the path of you know people said mean things about me and you know and call me freak and even go down that road a little bit because it, it tends to conjure up well gee what did you say about people and I I, I don't want them to co-opt or work that into his character. I think they should. Be very conscious of that and make sure he can be the monster who destroys people, but let's not go down the road of, yeah, people have always called me this. And somehow that, you know, it, it feels like they're tying it into the things that he said about Hispanics and women and gays and on and on on that message, on that bodybuilding message board for that five right. period. So, but other than that, I thought the delivery was really, really good. I, I mean, I, I, some people said they didn't, they didn't think it was good and he looked nervous. I did. I thought he, I thought it was a, you can drop that in 1978 in any of two dozen territories and that's a top heel. And we haven't seen that because the indie scene is producing the Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole types, which, by the way, we'll talk about soon. I love, but it isn't it isn't supporting the development of, of bigger guys like Lars. WWE developmental is for obvious reasons, and because uh, of Vince McMahon and Triple H's desire for a mixed roster, which is fine. And Lars is a good throwback, and I think we haven't seen somebody like him in a while. Yeah, I, I think the promo was strong. The, the delivery of it. It was a little wordy. Um, some of the wording was awkward. But I, the thing that really impressed me was that they had the confidence in him to let him do that in the ring live in front of the crowd yes. and not something that they taped backstage. That that shows tremendous confidence in this guy who, I mean, that was his first promo on the main roster. So yeah, they're clearly excited about him, and, and he went out there and delivered. Yeah, yep. Uh, so anything else on Super Showdown? Oh, did, was so there's no, let's see, 50-man battle royal. I, I just want to see how they fit everyone in the ring, and I'm not even going to try to keep up with you know the, the 15 eliminations that occur within 20 seconds of the match starting. Yeah, because, I mean, it's just too many people for one ring. It's, it's ridiculous. It, there's no tag matches on this show either. I don't have the lineup in front of me. Uh, no, 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 we covered everything. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess it'll be interesting to see if Renee Young makes the trip again. I know, it's, yeah. It has to be embarrassing for them that we're still waiting to have the first women's match. Uh, you know that I, I'm sure they've been. You would think anyway they've been pushing for that to happen to show that there's some sign of progress. And the closest we've had so far is that Renee Young was was allowed to 
call commentary, you know, sit in on commentary last time. Um, I think there's a report that Natalia is going over there. So, I mean, I guess they could surprise us with the first women's match. I don't know if there's somebody else going over there or not. You would think, though, that that's something that they would want to trumpet in, in advance of the show. Um, so we're still waiting for that to happen. But, um, yeah, I I can't say I'm excited by the show. I, I guess we really haven't talked much about Undertaker and Goldberg, though. That's um, true. In yeah, terms yeah of good point what we expect to happen and, and just the, the setup for that. Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I, I talked a lot about it on the SmackDown post show uh, earlier yeah. in the week on the Red Brand. Uh, so subscribe to that if you haven't yet. Our post shows are available for free also just on a separate feed, the Weight Color Pro Sync post show. And I had uh, ex-WWE creative team member Jason Allen with me who provided some uh, cool insight, including back when R-Truth's name was uh, brainstormed at a meeting that Jason Allen was part of and uh, other names that were, were considered and, and all that. But um, So, yeah, it was, it was a fun show. Everybody check that out if you haven't yet. Uh, but the, uh, the Undertaker-Goldberg segment, I, I liked Undertaker using Goldberg's line on Raw. I like Goldberg throwing it back at Undertaker. On SmackDown, my critique, Jason, and I'll throw to you on this one, is I don't think Gold, I think Goldberg should have been spooked. I think he should have been shaken by what Undertaker showing up when the lights came back on and then disappearing in a poof when the lights uh, went off and on again. And instead, he sort of was like, wow, that was cool, kind of like he just got off a cool thrill ride, and then went and shaked hands with a kid at ringside. And I would have liked to have seen Goldberg come out with bravado, confidence. I'm, you're not going to see the, the family man. You're going to see the icon. And then Taker shows up and stares him down and... Goldberg looks into those eyes, and now Goldberg's a little shaken, and the announcers play that up. And the storyline is, you know, is Goldberg ready for what he's going to face on Friday when the bell rings and there's actual physical contact? I, I thought it, it, it undid a lot of the good in that final 30 seconds. See, and I was the opposite. I love that he didn't show fear. These are two superheroes, you know, that, that are they're having a, a showdown match. Uh, they're they're going to fight. And I didn't want to see... Goldberg be like everybody else and get you know, nerved out because of Undertaker's parlor tricks. And so I was happy that, you know, he when Taker first appeared, Goldberg was smiling. You know, he, he was laughing about it. And then when he disappeared, yeah, I, I would have been disappointed had all of a sudden Goldberg been like everyone else who's faced Undertaker and been fearful. It's, you know, maybe if this were a different time in their careers, I, I then I would have expected some of that. But I, I just think you know, whatever the match is, it, it's a it's a battle of two superheroes. I, yes, I, I think you can make that argument. I, I, if I would have still had Goldberg after facing Undertaker, looking into his eyes, if you if you stop short of him seeing, seeming spooked, I would have at least not wanted him to seem nonchalant and and sort of laugh it off. Like I think if if I'm Undertaker, I don't care that Goldberg's a superhero. I don't want him undercutting my gimmick like that. I, I think Undertaker showing up with that kind of hocus-pocus and staring him down should do something to Goldberg, even if it just makes Goldberg twitch a little more and be intense. I thought Goldberg came across like he just saw a cool juggling act as opposed to was stared down by the face of death. Yeah, if had he, if had he shown fear, I'd have been like, okay, Taker's just going to you know tombstone and pin him like everybody else because he didn't. You know, I, now it's like, okay, this is on. You know, he, he's not falling for Taker's usual mind games. And, I mean, that's what they are. That That's, it, when I watch, that's what I have to convince myself, I, I, you know, in order to suspend disbelief for the moment or what have you. I, I don't like to think of Undertaker as this mythical character who can disappear. I, I don't like the hocus-pocus silliness. And so Goldberg being the guy who didn't fall for it, didn't bite, yeah, again, it's on. This guy is different than everybody else. Yep, uh, fair enough. 
All right, let's uh, let's talk about NXT Takeover, Jason. I loved uh, Gargano Adam Cole. I know in your review you liked it a lot. Uh, Gargano mm-hmm. Cole is like one of my all time favorite matches. I I I oh, wow. yeah. I just it was thirty one minutes. Two guys state of the art in their prime. Uh, at, at the best time they could be wrestling each other. Uh, I thought it was really smartly booked, playing into each other's moves, uh, and and there were callbacks. I thought the selling was great. I thought the, the there it wasn't just a spot fest. I thought, but there were lots of spots. But I thought that they were really smartly executed and paced. Um, I, I just and the crowd was super into it. And, and part of what makes the match great to me too is it's in the main event spot. It's the undisputed number one match on the show. Uh, it doesn't have to be, but like that's a plus to me on a good, and this was a really good show start to finish, but this felt like it deserved the main event. Some would say, well, no, they already had two or three falls match. This wasn't meant to be the match. To me, this was Adam Cole winning a major championship in NXT, yeah. his first in NXT, well, you know, the, the number one title in NXT, I guess I have to say. Um, right. Winning the number one title in NXT, what I think is a major championship within the WWE ecosystem, and I'm not there with the North American title yet, and against Gargano, who is Mr. NXT, if there is going to be someone who's called that with the number of, of events that he's been on. As I said at, at the top of the show, this is 14, uh, was it 14 um, times that, uh, yeah, Gargano was on his record 14th takeover. So wow. it's it's Mr. NXT, Mr. Takeover against Adam Cole, who is just great. You know, what I mean? like, and he had this great crowning moment. I, I just, I, I mean, it was. There's not. I mean, with all the wrestling out there, there's not a lot of matches. I I say I need to rewatch that. Cody Goldust, one of them. This one's one of them. I I just want to settle in without a laptop and uh, and enjoy professional wrestling at its best. I thought this was just state of the art. I'm glad it happened. I'm not glad why, but I'm glad it happened. And uh, yeah, I just, I just loved it. That was different. People have different things that 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 they love about wrestling, but this really encapsulated uh, just what to me is the peak of state of the art main event wrestling. Yeah, it was it was tremendous, and I'm really happy that you know we didn't get undisputed era interfering or anything like that they yep. felt confident they teased having you know, it they teased it and did yeah, to it yeah. which i loved you know like well here we gave you a great match but now we're going to give you this kind of you know cornball and they 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 like put it out there and then they pulled it away and said no we're going to let these these we're going to let the wrestlers finish it and that was part i like that touch too and, and i think it's compelling in that okay maybe it was a swerve probably was but it also leaves the door open like where were you guys <laughs> you know didn't you see me calling for you if they want to go All's in that well direction yeah, and it probably just uh, he was trying to buy himself some time or whatever. We'll see when they when they tape television later this week. But um, I guess uh, tonight, Friday, yeah. Uh, so I, I want to see where that goes. Um, I, I like. I, I'm also curious to see where Gargano goes. I mean, he was main roster. Then Tommaso Ciampa got hurt, came back to NXT. Is this writing him off of NXT and he goes to the main roster now, or if not? what Johnny Gargano do we get? Do we get a very bitter Johnny Gargano who is becoming Sasha Banks in that he wins titles and can't keep them? He loses them right away. Uh, Is is there a character shift because of that? Does he kind of go back to that in-between character that he was playing before? Where do they go? So there was, as, as good as the match was, I think it sets up a lot of intriguing possibilities coming out of it too. Yeah, yep, I I agree. I agree. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You don't have to wait for the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show to find out what I thought of Monday Night Raw and SmackDown each week. You can check out my reports that are updated live throughout Raw and SmackDown at pwtorch.com. My written report will tell you what's happening in detail in case you missed the show, and it'll also analyze key segments and give my random thoughts and quips on what I am watching as it airs. So check it out every Monday night and Tuesday night at pwtorch.com. That also applies to WWE pay-per-views. I cover those live at pwtorch.com with a detailed written report with star ratings. And of course, you can find other TV reports from other contributors to PW Torch, such as NXT, ROH Impact Wrestling, and more. Check it out, pwtorch.com, your first stop for TV and pay-per-view written reports. Is Are, are you optimistic about uh, Gargano and Cole if and when they get called up to the main roster? being no. utilized? Okay, yeah, I'm not either. And, and I think they're just, and I've said this about Adam Cole all along, huge fan of his, but I just think the reality is under a Vince McMahon main roster and with the makeup of the roster and, you know, what we saw with Drew McIntyre uh, when he was in NXT, the size difference is so stark. And I really worry that it's not even Vince's fault, like that Cole is just slightly too small by just an inch or two, you know, and, and body frame wise, just a little below the threshold to be... The t- you know, I, to be the top, top guy. You know, Finn Balor is pushing it, but Cole's even a little smaller, and I think that that hurts a, a little bit, you know? and But I think at some point, there has there's a line that's drawn, and it just doesn't work against top-level, top tall heavyweights on the main roster. And, and I just worry as, a, I worry as a heel that Cole is, is below that threshold. Yeah, I have a little... I have higher hopes for Gargano in that in a Daniel Bryan-like oh, totally. scenario yep, where I he's agree. so... Yeah, you know, he's so good that despite Vince McMahon not getting it initially, eventually he he wins over the crowds and, and kind of forces their hand with Cole. Yeah, I mean, you know, for both guys, it's just a size factor. They're, they're so good at what they do. And I mean, my answer, my solution would be very simply, OK, you have two brands and I know you're doing this goofball wildcard thing. But if you're really going to have two brands, put your Braun Strowman's and your Roman Reigns and all your other guys on one brand, keep your smaller wrestlers on the other and kind of mask it as much as you can. Um, I, I think that would solve the problem. I mean, yes, eventually he's going to end up, there's going to be some crossover there, but at least initially, I, I think that's a way to do it because it is a smaller company. Now for every Braun, there's, there's, you know, more guys that are Finn Balor size out there. there there's three, four of them. So I, I don't, I mean, but it's Vince McMahon and that's the issue. If Paul Levesque, goes uh, somehow were to take control of the main roster, I would say I'd be very optimistic about the the entire Undisputed Era and what they would do with them on the main roster. But it, it, from now, I can't help but look at it and go, 
man, I hope Adam Cole decides to uh, go you know, work in the company where his girlfriend is working uh, yeah, because I, yes. I just think they would take better care of him. I do too. And, and I think it's just it's a, it's a better setting when you look at the height of the top guys there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Kenny Omega and Adam Cole works. You know, Kenny's not Drew McIntyre height. He's not even Seth Rollins height. So, uh, I, you know, and obviously Jericho and, and Dean Amber, uh, John Moxley. So, yeah. Um, and Hangman Page, for that matter. You know, Hangman Page, Adam Cole. That'd be fantastic. And yeah. there's absolutely no issue with Cole's height at that point. So, I don't know how that happens. Uh, and I don't like, know. If I they- don't, no, I don't need to see that match, Wade, because I can't even tell you how many times I've mistakenly wrote Adam Cole and was supposed to be Adam Page. Oh, yeah, versa. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, okay. So, um, beyond that, though, uh, a really good takeover show. Uh, Shayna Baszler uh, and Io Shirai, um, it was a solid match. Nothing wrong with it. Uh, it wasn't long enough to tell an epic story. But it was a good, exciting, believable story. I think the story for out of, coming out of this match, though, is, is Shirai's attack on Baszler afterwards and what that means. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was that trying to add an edge to her babyface character. What, what was what's talk, you can talk about the match, but also the post match angle. You know, I think it was, but we saw that during the build too, where she beat up, she grabbed a kendo stick and, and worked over Shayna and, and and her minions. And I, I kind of looked at it and, and wondered if you knew she was going to lose. Why didn't you give her a reason to snap? Um, it, 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 I applaud them in some ways for not having a bunch of cheap interference and things like that. But in this case, okay, if if it sets up her snapping, because I'm looking at this going, you get beat clean. What are you so pissed about? You you dropped the ball. You came up short. And there's a way to tell that story that she's frustrated with herself. But I, I don't know that that's where they're going. And so I wouldn't have had her snap on TV leading up to it. I think there would have been a bit more shock value had something happened during the course of the match that kind of justified this. And she snapped then for the first time. I think it would have just been the you know, first time is where it's at. And, and to see it twice, now I'm just kind of left going, what is she so bitter about? She lost. Yeah, I agree. That's the thing. I, I, I'm curious on TV what they do, and well, it'll take you know another week to find out because they you know tape the matches at Takeover. Well, there might be some commentary on the recap. Um, the, you know, the, the show after Takeovers it's seen as well. It's just you know a couple throwaway matches, but the the commentary and video packages sometimes are telling in terms of what the spin is, yeah. the framing of, of things that happen at Takeover. So, and I haven't seen that show yet as we're recording this. So, um, right. we'll, we'll see if they explain that more. Uh, Velveteen well, Dream, and even let me let me jump in real yeah. quick. Even Nigel, he he says. I think what a bad, what a poor showing of sportsmanship. And I'm sitting there going, mm-hmm. yeah, he's absolutely right. And, and I think he was supposed to be the heel there. I know he, he totally, he, I, I agree. And I'm not quite sure. Um, what, what was, did Morrow have a comeback? Oh yeah. Morrow said, you must be kidding after all Baszler and her cohorts did. That's what Morrow did in response. So Morrow pushed back against it and said, this is just fighting fire with fire. And she's doing it, you know, yes, with weapons. Um, I, I think the issue was, it, it, that it was like I, I don't was it an attack from behind or did she kind of face her off like you you sort of want to give if you're a baby face the heel a chance to fight back and then have an excuse for the baby face to go after them instead you know if Baszler had spit on her or laugh at her or turn her back on her in an arrogant way just dismissively and disrespectfully and then you know, Sh- Shirai snapped then fans are more sympathetic to it but for her to just charge in the ring and do it with uh, just after losing it, it was booked. It, I'm usually I have great faith in NXT booking. I mean, I, I really think it's a, a just yeah. a super a a plus booked promotion, and I and I give Triple H a hard time for for the for the ego stuff in part because I so strongly believe he doesn't need to do that because I want to be able to compliment him without him 
beating me to it. <laughs> you know what I mean? With over-the-top stuff. <laughs> but he's the, the, the team he's put together creatively and on the producers, it is so, it's such a high IQ company. So I, I assume, I have faith, and it's earned that there'll be a reason for this. But my inclination was sore loser. Why do I want to cheer for her? I don't care what everybody's done right. to her. That's still being a sore loser. So, um, okay. So, uh, Velveteen Dream, Tyler Breeze, uh, Dream wins. I, I thought Tyler looked like he gained from that. Uh, he, it was, it's great to see him back in an ecosystem that appreciates him and where fans appreciate him. He is so underutilized. He's lamented that on Twitter. Uh, I don't know if it's helped or hurt or neither, uh, for him, but I, I was really happy to see these two have this match, and it was the right setting for it. Uh, great crowd reaction. Uh, your, your thoughts, Jason, on on this 16-minute match? I didn't think it was a four-star match, but I thought it was a really good like three-and-a-half-star match. That was a lot of fun. And uh, Breeze looked credible, but Velveteen, in the end, looked like he's the guy on the rise. And, and Tyler Breeze was a bit of a gatekeeper chapter in, in the rise of Velveteen Dream. Yeah, I thought it was good, not great. I, I was a bit underwhelmed by that match. And I think it was just having really high expectations. I mean, having in, – in my mind, it was – I'm struggling to think if there's – no, I, th- I think it was probably my least favorite match on TakeOver. But, I mean, it may – you know, you put that on a, on a main roster card, it may turn out to be my favorite match on the show too. You just never know. Because I'm not trying to knock it in, in a major way at all. I, but I felt – I, I was kind of underwhelmed by the the just the decisive finish too. Triple H said on the conference call leading into it that he considered Breeze to be an, an NXT regular, and yeah. I, I, but you don't know, you know. I mean, there's he's a promoter, and so he knows who he's dealing with when it comes to the pro wrestling media, and he says that, and everybody, okay, so Tyler Breeze is an NXT regular. He's got a shot at winning, where if he says, no, he's on loan, well, then, you know, Velveteen Dream is going to win. So if he was working at all, I don't blame him. Um, you know, that's go ahead and, and, and lie to us in a situation like that. That that part I, I find acceptable. Um, but if so, I guess I'm kind of waiting to see the finish didn't leave, wasn't done in a way that made me think there's more to come. It, it well, the, it, It's weird because the finish itself did. But then they were friendly afterward, like the way I don't even remember how Velveteen won, but I remember thinking, OK, they must be setting up the you know a rematch. But then they were all chummy afterward. And I'm like, I don't get this. Why, why are they being chummy? Shouldn't shouldn't Breeze be kind of ticked off at the way that, that he lost this match? And then you you know set up the need, even if it's just another TV match uh, on NXT's weekly television show. Fine. But this just kind of OK, Breeze came. He lost. He did the big pose down with Velveteen. Is he staying in NXT, or are they going to kick him right back up to main roster purgatory? I I hope he stays. Um, I hope that yeah, me too. You know, I mean, I, I'd like to see him be the the like the new Ty Dillinger, but um, and, and I say it because I wasn't a fan of the way Ty was was written and presented. I mean, the flashing ten finger stuff was just like. I mean, I just wanted to throw my TV through the window if he did that again. So I'm glad he's in a different setting and he can show how good he can be outside of that gimmick. Yeah. But with Tyler Breeze, I, I enjoy his character. He's totally believable. I know he cares. Um, he, he's he's not Johnny Gargano or Adam Cole in the ring, but he's but I think he knows that and he's at for a for a character that has some Velveteen Dreamisms. He was sort of a pre- prequel and precursor to the self-absorbed uh, uh, Instagram era uh, influencer type character. I, I, I want to see more of him in NXT, and I think he can play off of, as a babyface, off of some heels in a good way, or as a heel off of babyfaces if they choose to go that route uh, with him going forward. Either way, 
Either way works. Um, Yeah, I agree. Yep. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, Velveteen Dream. Uh, just It's just a matter of, of when and then Vince doing the right thing with him. But he, he you know, I. He's not going to be Goldust. He's going to be more Macho Man Randy Savage, Razor Ramon. I think he can be, uh, in fact, Savage was bigger than Razor. Razor was bigger than Goldust. Um, I, I, I think he can he can actually carve out his own space. I, it, at the beginning, I didn't believe he believed in the character, and it felt awkward. And now I, I, I'm, I think his ring entrances are riveting. I think he puts a ton of thought into everything he does. And then when he does it, it doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like he put any thought into it at all. And that's a high compliment for something as, as elaborate and over the top as, as him, him, the, uh, the pageantry, the, the ring outfits, it's, it's a top, top shelf presentation. And I think it's the type of thing that gets people's attention, kind of like the Firefly Funhouse does, um, where it catches your eye and you go, Oh, I, I, I need to watch this. This isn't quote, just another wrestling match, uh, with 50, 50 booking. I have high hopes for him, and I'm not super fearful uh, that they'll screw him up. I think Vince will embrace it. What do you think, Jason? Are we talking Velveteen? I, I yeah. think I heard everything about that. Yeah, it, it, I, I would hope no, Vince I, does. No, no I, I'm sorry. I, w- I wasn't talking about Velveteen. I was talking about Roderick Strong. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I, 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 can, I can totally understand you know, the, the confusion there between yes. the two. He, he, I wish I was quick yeah, enough I, I to was, say Velveteen. No, Roderick I, Strong I got it, was I, asked. Yeah. Oh, what's that? I wish I was quick enough to say no Roderick Strong right when you asked. <laughs> he, I was a bit underwhelmed, though, with Velveteen this time. I Like, okay, we had glittery pants. There was nothing. You know, I guess I'm just used to a little bit more when it comes to his takeover appearances, whether it's, you know, call me Vince on the tights or whatever. And, and there was none of that. And, you know, if, hey, if he's going to pull back on some of that, that's fine. But it's, it's just going to be a little bit of an adjustment. But, uh, no, I, I think he's great. And I would hope that when the time is right, Vince is going to get it. I, I, I it's, it's just it's the great unknown. Wade. I mean, there's just been so many good talents with really good gimmicks that have come up that he just has dropped the ball on. I, I, I have so little faith in that man right now creatively. I, no, I get it. I mean, Adam Rose and Noe Jose come to mind, but I just think Dream is is another another level higher. And unlike Rose... Oh, and, he is, yeah. Yeah, and unlike with Rose um, and, and, and Noe Jose, I think Triple H goes to bat for Velveteen in a big way. Um, well, I, yeah. but he also had Bailey. You know, I mean, I, I get yeah, why those yeah. other characters didn't work. You know, But there, there's been other characters that have come up that Vince just doesn't get it. I think with Bailey, um, 
the story was told. And I think with Velveteen, the story is being told. And so I think it's easier to pick it up midstream and not have to retell the story, but just pick up where he is. And I, I don't know. I, I, I get I get your trepidation. I, I, I like, you know, we talk about little things Dream does. I love that Dream seemed almost offended by Tyler Breeze's aggression early. Like his his just like just the way he looked at Breeze coming after him, like, who do you think you are? Like there's just like right. body language and facial expressions where where Dream exudes the character, not just on the ring entrance, but also during the match. Um, so, yeah, I I think. I think Vince will love him, but well, who knows? It's hard to predict. I mean, with Vince, obviously. So we had this wild ladder match for the vacant NXT tag team titles. I'm really happy Street Profits won. Um, I thought it was... This is not my kind of match. I'm much more Adam Cole Gargano. I, I loved the match. I loved... What was it? Wasn't it uh, AJ and John Cena had a match where they stayed in the ropes the whole time? And like Styles or Cena bragged about that on social media afterwards. Like, we didn't leave the ring once. And people raving about the match. I love that when there's not weapons, there's not interference, there's not stips. One-on-one, epic match. That's my favorite. That said, I really like this match. I thought it was wild and satisfying start to finish. I did not like Riker interfering. I thought that was just absurd. Why? I mean, if that's allowed, everybody else is a fool for not just hiring a bunch of people to come and run in. Um, but I thought they gave you a satisfying payoff to the other three teams going, oh, you think this is going to work? It's not, and making them pay. So if you're going to tell the story, I think they did it well. Uh, but with Marles announcing the crowd being into it and a happy ending with Street Profits kind of being a Kofi Kingston-like story on a smaller level where they're just there a lot. They've been there a long time. You, ever, you wondered if they'll ever make it to the top, but they have this joy to their, to their uh, performances. And now it's like, can they stay on top? Are they good enough? And I think you can tell that story. And I think it was a good backstory. And I think the, the way they won worked. Uh, Jason, how about you? Yeah, I was okay with it. I, you know, going in... It would have been, a, you know, they've, they've been there and done it. I think I would have put the titles on Fish and O'Reilly and worked toward the Street Profits beating them. But it was a moment. You know, the, the fans were into it totally. And, you know, and, and good for those guys. I guess I'm more concerned about what happens now. I, I kind of like the idea of those guys chasing more than holding the titles. Um, but we'll see. It, it was a bit, you know, I, I do hate that all these call-ups have kind of forced their hand when it comes to, I, I mean, I guess they probably could have had Viking Raiders drop the titles and, and chose not to. And, and Hunter's excuse was basically, you know, that, well, nobody's going to complain about a ladder match and, and he's right, but I am going to complain a little bit that, mm-hmm. okay, you could have had the, the Viking Raiders in that ladder match and, and not come away with the titles. And at least then you would have had a nice seamless transition rather than, Oh, they forfeited the titles. There's, I don't want to see that in NXT. I did. I, I like the Riker interference for what it, you know. I mean, the way it was done. I'm with. I mean, I, I, I hate that triple threats and all the. You know, you can interfere in all these different no DQ matches that WWE has. I think it's lazy. I, I'm surprised to see it at NXT, but I did like that. He was an ass kicker. And I think they need to follow up with that in a big way on NXT television because he he comes off like that a little bit, but he went out there and, and just destroyed people, but it didn't factor into the finish in any way. I don't know that it was needed, but for what it was, I thought he came off well and then eventually, you know, just was outnumbered. Yes, that's the thing. If you're going to do something that's stupid, at least do the stupid thing well. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and, there and you they, go. They did the stupid thing well. Uh, Matt Riddle, Roderick Strong. Um, I thought it was a really good opener. I liked it a lot. I think they'll watch the tape yeah. back and beat themselves up over a couple spots. Uh, Matt Riddle on a punch. Uh, 
showed light and and strong sold it. Um, I, I can see John Stossel taking notes and queuing it up for the next 2020 special. Uh, <laughs> but um, and, and there were a couple times where just Riddle's timing was off, uh, running the ropes and moving in on a move, and he was kind of a starter step off. Nothing to the degree of Charlotte Lacey, that the debacle we saw Monday. But um, right. but beyond, but beyond that, and, and I'm nitpicking a little bit, but you know if you're going to be a top top guy, and Riddle I think has that chance. Um, there's some stuff to clean up in that match, and I think it got shown. It got. It might be a one-off. I haven't seen it before with him, um, but it's something to keep an eye on in terms of maybe cleaning things up a little bit. And, and they're not working, you know, the, the full-time schedule against each other. You know, Becky and Lacey had a chance to work house shows before their match, and it paid off. Um, the NXT guys don't always get that that opportunity to to kind of get in sync. So other than that, though, I, I, I mean, this is my, you know, maybe tied for second favorite. Well, no, third favorite. I like to take match second best in the main event the most. But I thought this was a really good opener. Um, and... Uh, I, I, I guess my other critique would be, and I, I'm a mega, mega huge fan of Mauro Ronaldo, and I thought he was great on this show. I thought he yeah. oversold this opening match. Um, I, when I, I think he was too, he dialed it up to 11 too early for uh, a three and a half star match and treating it like a four and three quarter star classic. That was the epitome and payoff of a gigantic feud that everyone's been waiting for. And I'm like, Mauro, come on, we got, we got two hours to go here, settle down. <laughs> but I also believe yeah. it was probably genuine. You know, it's like, I don't think he was doing it to be fake, but. I think someone should have been in his ear going, Mauro, dial it down to nine. You're at 11. And he, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so anyway, that's, those are some of my thoughts. Your thoughts, Jason? Yeah, I, I enjoyed the match a lot. I, I thought they did a really nice job with it. Um, I, I, I'm curious to see where they go next with Riddle. I mean, he had that very competitive match. Well, he actually dominated the bulk of the match with Velveteen Dream at the last takeover before losing in the end. So that do they go back to that? You know, what is next for Matt Riddle? Is he going to work with Adam Cole even? And I mean, I'm, I'm I, it, it, the tapings are going to be fun. You know, I'm, I'm just looking forward to the next round of television so we can kind of see what the new direction is and including, you know, when is Keith Lee going to crack a takeover? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like Keith Lee. I think there's, uh, Dusty Rhodes-esque uh, 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 charisma to him. A uh, ju- little junkyard dog, too. I want to just stay away from comparing black guys to black guys. But um, it's there. And and But I also think there's some Dusty Rhodes, um, Jimmy Valiant. You know, like, let embrace that and, 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 and like, amplify that and that let that be distinctive about him. Um, and then, of course, he's more athletic than all of them. So, uh, especially junkyard dog and Jimmy Valiant. So, I mean, Dusty had his moments. Um, so yeah, yeah. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, is Riddle, Jason, a, a, like, would you take Riddle over Drew McIntyre right now? Um, at, no. It, it, okay. Okay. Um, a lot of people are going to disagree with me, but no, I, I, I just, because I've seen the versatility with Drew McIntyre. I, I, I think promo wise, that's where, I, I mean, and they're both really good in the ring, but I think McIntyre is just a, a more of a complete package at this point. Sure. Yeah. I, th- I, I'm, I think Riddle is, is, has potential to be a bigger star than Drew, but I think it's, it's like a draft pick, you know, in, in the NBA or if it's like, okay, we know what this guy can be. And Drew's showing us, he is a clear cut 
number one overall draft pick on promos. He's versatile as face heel. He can have main event quality matches, especially the, the WWE main event brand of main event matches. He carries himself like a star. You got all that. Riddle could end up becoming something more than that, more than the 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 All-NBA team. He could be the MVP. I think there's that in that potential in him. He's so different. His personality is so distinct. Um, but I'm not sure yet. You know what I mean? We just there's not as much of a body of work. But I, I'm intrigued by what I what I see so far, and and I hope I, I I would I would like two years, three years from now to be saying, if, unless he's in AEW by then, uh, I'd like to have him be you know a clear cut top six singles heavyweight star on the main roster. You know, two three years from now, and and have him settle in to be that for six to eight years. I think I think he has that kind of potential based on. Everything we saw coming into uh, NXT and now what we've seen in NXT with the development of his character that at first it was like, uh-oh, this bro thing, it's going to hold him back. And I actually think it just feels so genuine uh, and he's so likable and that that I think it, it can work because he has the MMA credentials and the, just looks credible uh, aesthetically and athletically. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I see all those things for him. It, it's it, I think you may have just picked the, the, the wrong guy. There's a lot of people on the main roster that I would have chosen Matt Riddle over. Um, McIntyre is a star quarterback with a bad head coach or offensive coordinator. You know, I mean, it's just I, I still think he's he's miscast. I, I think he's a better baby face than he is a heel. Yeah. And if they gave him the Roman Reigns push, I, I think they'd be shocked uh, because I I just don't think Vince had any clue that this this guy tore it up on the mic throughout his run in Impact Wrestling and just how good he can be. So, I mean, I. I, I don't know that they're ever going to get McIntyre to that level. He'll probably have a world title run as a heel or something like that. But I, I just don't know that they'll ever put it together that, wow, this guy is more than just a, a badass heel. Yeah, I think if you could flip over the next 18 months strategically, not not uh, in, in a rushed way, if you could flip Reigns into a heel and Drew into a babyface, that'd be the right way to go. I still believe yeah. there's something untapped with uh, with Reigns. Um, as a baby face that they just haven't figured out yet. And uh, John Moxley, you know, said, and what I've heard off record uh, and what other people have said on record and what we've seen in, in glimpses of in, in the uh, WWE Network specials, um, including the latest Chronicles one on Roman, there's something there that just doesn't translate to his character on air. You know, he seems like a guy in a warehouse moving boxes around when he walks to the ring. Instead of a guy like Kofi King, and you don't have to be Kofi, but like have some look like you're kind of checked in mentally to what you're doing and not just sort of, you know, just taking it in. And so there's something on tap there. And I'm, I'm, I think they can make him an effective baby face. I, th- I think there's, a, I shouldn't say I'm that confident. I, I, they're not doing what needs to be done to make him that top level effective baby face without the pushback yet. And I think that there is something there they haven't done yet. And Moxley made me feel even more confident. In that, and what he said about Reigns, I know the Moxie interview I was told was a talk of the locker room <laughs> among wrestlers at uh, Raw SmackDown this week. Even even Reigns was uh, was talking about it. I haven't heard what he was saying about it yet, um, but I am uh, I- I'm curious to hear what the feedback was. I assume uh, largely positive, but um, you know there might be some company people there who thought Mox was was too rough. What, what Jason? I'm curious for your take on on the uh, the Jericho interview that dropped. Um, a week ago, Wednesday, and then my interview with him, the nearly two and a half hours, uh, two-parter that dropped Saturday and Sunday on this very feed. So if you refresh for the flagship, be sure you look below it on your uh, podcast app. There's some good stuff there waiting for you. Uh, what, what stood out to you uh, about the Moxley interview? I, I guess you know, I, I there was very little that surprised me in, in the interviews, but at, at the same time, 
they were both just incredibly compelling. You know, it's like once you started, you didn't want to stop. Including because of his his delivery. Like, it's like you can transcribe it, but it's not the same thing as Mox, like, just the way he said things. You know, the way he talked about the, the the emotion that came through, I think, really, I'm glad it w- we're in the 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 age where you can listen and not just read the transcript. Exactly, yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I guess if there is something that one thing I didn't know, I, I was never quite sure with him when he would wear the big cowboy hats, and and Vince would script him to do some of the the silly wonky things that his character did over the years. Was he a willing participant? Did he have you know? Did he find joy in, in doing some of those quirky, wacky things because you just don't know for sure. And and I hoped not. And, and and so it was very refreshing to hear that, you know, he disliked a lot of the things that I think a lot of us did. And, you know, those of us who remember the John Moxley character from pre WWE, I, I, I think we'd always hoped that like they, they do the right thing, turn him heel and and turn him loose, and clearly they 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 turn him ill, but they didn't turn him loose, and it just seemed like he was more micromanaged than ever during that. And but I, I just yeah, I mean, really really compelling audio, um, both your interview and Jericho, and, and it was in a way just nice to have somebody on the inside at at a, a level that he reached in that company kind of come out and say a lot of the things that you and I and others have been talking about for years when it comes to the way Vince McMahon and that company operate. Uh, Exactly. Do you think what he said changes anything? Ooh. When it comes to Vince, no, because I don't know that Vince is going to take the time to listen to either interview. He's probably going to get a very fluffy version of, you know, recaps and, and spun that, Oh, you know, Moxley's just, uh, you know, he's sour grapes. Um, I, I just, I mean, Vince is in that mode where it's everyone around him. You know, it's the writers, it's the producers, it's, it, we need to take survey. I don't know if Vince is on the surveys, but it, he's, it seems like he's blaming everyone around him rather than acknowledging that he is the problem. And, and I just don't know that within his inner circle, people are even going to share that, hey, you know, he's saying you're the problem, boss. I, I just that, that just doesn't seem to be the way things go in WWE. You're right. I wasn't, quote unquote, surprised by anything Moxley said, but the granular detail of the dynamic uh, between the wrestlers, the writers and Vince and Vince's inner circle. I think some fans might have come away from hearing that feeling less hope because there's there's this certitude to Vince McMahon that that you know when when John would tell the stories about his interactions with Vince about no this doesn't work for me and here's why and Vince would be like no no this is this is why it's great and he would explain it and you're like it, it came across like there Vince isn't open to discussion like he's not thinking oh yeah this is a this is a good point he's making let let me be open minded and listen to it it was more like uh, no I'm I'm a billionaire I know what I'm doing and this is why I've decided it's great and so. It, it didn't come across as if Vince is like going, well, you know, you're impressing me. You came to me, you, you made your argument, and now let's let's compromise or, or let's try your way. It didn't seem like that's even on the table with Vince. As much as Vince might might say he listens to everybody, I think he listens to people, and then he tells people why his way is the way it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's very much the way things go. And I, I think it's – there's one effect it may have within the company is, all right, if – 
as passionate as Moxley was in trying to get things changed, he didn't have success. Do I really want to waste my time sitting in front of Vince's office for an hour just so I can go in there and get the Jedi mind trick or just have him outright say no? So, I mean, it, it could actually back, you know, there could be negative backlash in a way where it just it, it makes people shy away from doing that if they feel it's a hopeless cause anyway. I agree. Yeah. I mean, uh, that that's the thing. I, I just don't know. Did you come away with any more respect for the system or anything positive about WWE from the what Moxley described in that setup? Like, even if it's like, you know, Mox said about the writers, like, I, I follow the script in the end because I don't want to get the writers fired. And that sounds harsh. Like, what a horrible system where if a wrestler does something wrong... You know, it's like when Bischoff was because mad that's at, a horrible system. Yeah, it's like when Bischoff was mad at Holland Nash and he fired Sean Waltman. <laughs> like, well, I'm mad at Bret Hart for breaking script, so you're fired. It's like, um, it is a way to, you know, it's like if you disobey me, this person over here is going to be beheaded. Like, it it feels kind of creepy. Like that that's the system that somebody else does something wrong and somebody lower in the totem pole pays a price, and that's the incentive system to not disobey the boss. So that's not good. But did it make you feel better about the writers in their plight? I mean, they've said it for years, going back to Dave Lagana's podcast with the writers. Um, what was it uh, We Want Wrestling? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and they were like, yeah, we write for one guy. We don't write for the fans. We don't write for the wrestlers. We, we, it's self-preservation. Our job is to write for Vince McMahon. Um, so, did, I mean, anything about the writers that you had more sympathy for? Or did that not surprise you either? That's kind of how that works. No, because I'd kind of, I mean, it, it did take some time, but I think you and I both have kind of went through a process where it used to be, you know, creative needs to fix this and creative this and creative that. And it's like, no, Vince, you know, Vince yeah. is the one who needs to change things. Um, I mean, I, I still think there's, there, there are naturally going to be sick events um, within that company sure. that, you know, and, and some of it, I, I mean, it, it's. I'm sure there are fans hearing this going, well, you know, do the right thing. You know, take a chance. Anyway, it, it's, you know, it, it, it's their job, you know, and, and it's not an easy one to walk away from. So I do have some level of sympathy for them. I always like look back and feel kind of bad about um, Brian Gortz. He took a ton of heat uh, from us and, and everybody over the years. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sure some of it was warranted, but a lot of it, too. It's like, no, you know, they, they, in some ways it sounds like he was. Um, you know, a, a, a cause for a lot of good that occurred there. And it wasn't him as much as it was Vince McMahon. And so, yeah, I'd kind of come to that realization a long time ago that, you know, there's 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 some good people there that just are, are handcuffed, you know, wrestlers and creative. Um, how about the, uh, the, the story about the Lesnar match? Do you have, does any part of you go, yeah, I bet there's another side to this? Just just talking about how Ambrose wanted, had all these ideas, and Lesnar was not available. And then when he was, very dismissive. And then how Dean hilariously just said, um, once Brock's like, oh, I kind of like that idea. And he's like, okay, I don't know if it's the best idea, but all right, cool. I got a yes. Let's do it. Right. You know, but... Was that the mace? Um, yes. Yes. So, I, like, I listen to that. I'm like, what if, what if the other side is, like, d- like, Dean was trying to take the Brock character... In a way that Heyman and Brock just thought, this is not our brand. You know, this isn't our brand. And he's trying to take us in a different direction. So they just shut him off. And I'm not trying to defend it, but like, was is it just Brock being 
like totally dis- disengaged, disconnected, di- disregarding the fact that his selfishness and, and and lack of investment in his occupation and protecting himself actually comes at, at a cost where there's other victims and maybe just a decent person would compromise a little more, or be a little bit more plugged in for the money he's getting. Like, I think that's the, the impression. But maybe there's a uh, maybe there's another side to it where you're like, ah, you know, maybe Brock was just trying to protect his gimmick because he knew this wasn't the be all end all match for him. Well, I, I think some of it I, – I'd want to hear more from others who work with Brock. Um, you know, Is this an ongoing thing with Brock Lesnar? Is that his attitude toward any anything people pitch? Because I've, I've always looked at that match as being uh, – as there being a, a good chance that Lesnar wasn't happy with his slot on the WrestleMania card. That the year before, I believe it was, is when they did the Seth Cash-in, correct? Yeah. So I think it was probably that the plan was to go back to either a triple threat or Roman and Brock again. It didn't happen. Brock is lower on the card than he wants to be. The paydays, you know, I mean, I don't know how his pay structure works, but I, I just didn't. I, I, and he's also going back to UFC, you know. And so mm-hmm. that's the other. Yeah, he. Yeah, you know. So is he feeling like I, I'm not going to put myself through this? Is he just phoning it in because he's not happy? So yeah, I mean it, it's I, I believe everything Amber, that uh, Moxley said. Um, I, I don't doubt that, but I would like to. Yeah, I, I think there is another. I, I'd like to hear Brock's side. I believe he never will because it's Brock and he doesn't care. He's probably moved on and never thought about it again. But I, I would like to hear the other the other side of it. You know, what was is this an isolated incident with Brock just because of the circumstances, or no? That's Brock Lesnar. How are you feeling about John Moxley as? Uh, top six singles wrestler, and I just I just say top six not because I think he's fifth or sixth necessarily, but I just think you need to have six top guys in a company, not two, not four, yeah. but not twelve. Like I just kind of think six is a good number. You got three, three, three top heels, three top faces. They they intermingle with each other, and then of course you know the next seven, eight, nine, ten also. But he's a top six guy. You know he's one of your top six paid guys, one of your top six marketed stars. Maybe he's one, maybe he's two, maybe he's three or four. Um, do you feel good with him in that spot? And, and you know, we haven't talked since Double or Nothing, but what do you think about uh, his debut? And, and tie into these podcasts, how much of a difference does being the, the voice of the, fa- of the, the disgruntled slash lapsed fan uh, in expressing himself as charismatically and emphatically and, and openly, just, just be, being willing to talk to both Chris Jericho and me? I think tells fans too, hey, he's not just talking to his buddies, but hey, he's buddies with Jericho. But he's also putting himself out there in a you know a, a long form interview setting with uh, a wrestling media guy who's been around a long time, and and so I think there's a lot of points he scored, and now going to New Japan, um, and and you know getting some cred there. I I, I mean I I'm loading the question up, but I think he's I think in the last month he could if he hadn't signed with AEW yet and just you know like had made an appearance one top one off appearance and said let's talk about a contract in June I think he could up his rate uh, yeah yeah I, well and, and I wonder I, I I look at the John Moxley characters being you know the the, the the version of the character that excites me is the heel and, and in part because that's really what I saw you know prior to his WWE run is he though? You know, I mean, it, that may creatively be what he wants to do. It, it may be what they envisioned him doing. But has he won over so many people with this? And and, and let's face it, he was always uh, one thing that kind of gets lost in this is that for all of Vince McMahon's quirks, 
aside from the horrible heel run, Dean Ambrose was a really freaking popular character in that company. Mm, they, yes. It may not have been what you and I liked or clearly what Moxley liked, but Vince did do overall a, a good job or people would have completely rejected the character. It wasn't that. People I, I gotta, really liked that character. I got a 12, 13-year-old neighbor of mine. Dean Ambrose is his favorite wrestler. He hasn't watched WWE since he left. And, and, yeah. he, and he's blown away that I interviewed him. And the, the Dean Ambrose WWE characterization, the, the, the way Vince framed him, made him the favorite of this wrestling fan neighbor. Well, really, a Dean Ambrose fan more than even WWE because there's no one else he's picked out to be his favorite. Since I should say he hasn't watched WWE, but he hasn't picked a new favorite out. And Dean was his main yeah, reason he, for he, for some Somehow, some way, he really connected with casual. Is my experience, too, just from yeah. you know casual fan friends that... They, they, you know, what's where, where Dean Ambrose go? There, there's people are really buzzing and, and excited about. But did Vince enhance uh, that, or did Vince enhance that, or could Vince not damage it enough to undo what Dean inherently had? I, I mean, I it, it depends on the time. I, I think there were times when Vince enhanced it. I think there were times when Vince got in the way with his, you know, some of the quirkiness. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, you go back and watch some of the things that. Again, throw out the heel run because it was bad. Um, the gas mask, all of that stuff. Eh. They're letting him dictate some of this. And so, I, okay, I'm not big on the gas mask, but maybe it'll make sense in a week. You know, I just kept taking that approach to it until, you know, it became clear, like, all right, all hope is gone. This is terrible. Whether it's Moxley's idea or Vince's idea, this is bad. Um, but, I do, you know, you go back and you watch. Uh, the one that always annoyed the hell out of me was that giant hat one that he did listen to the crowd they loved it you know and, and so it, it i hated it i'm guessing and it sounds like he hated it but they're you know it did connect with their crowd at some level i think moxley probably wanted to come off as being uh just different it was kind of different creative visions for the character more adult and more so, edgy more credible yes yeah yeah and, and, and vince didn't want to do that but we can't sit here and say that Outside of the heel run, Vince McMahon completely blew it with Dean Ambrose because he didn't. Well, no, you, but was Ambrose over at the level that Ambrose could achieve or did Vince, while getting him over as a number eight guy, prevent him from being a number one or two guy? And, and that's... I, I that's, would say there was a time when he was probably number one on SmackDown, wasn't he? Well, yeah, but I mean... The B brand, I don't think we look back at that as, wow, that was a really successful run and it felt like he was world champion. I think our our dialogue at the time, and you know, we can check the tape, but I think our dialogue at the time was, I don't know if this feels right for Dean right now. You know, I mean he was pushed sure. as a top guy. He was pushed, he was slotted as the top guy, but I don't think the perception was, oh, this is his time. You know, like I don't think we talked about Dean being champ like we are Kofi. We're like, wow, this is great timing. He's it's just it's right. working. Like I, I it, that character and the way it was presented, I think it 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 put us put a lower ceiling on the perception of him as being a guy you could then build the brand around. Yeah, and, and I have a bad feeling that you know what I'm saying about the the success that the Ambrose character did have is what people in WWE, the, the, the yes men around Vince and Vince himself are going to cling to. They're, they're not going to, Vince isn't going to be open to seeing it differently. You know, I, he was in the shield. I, you know, we, we gave him championship after what, what more does this guy want? I, I have a bad feeling he's not going to sit there and think and, and view things differently. You know, he's not going to listen to or even read uh, the, the, the comments that Moxley made and, and take them to heart. He's just going to justify things you know, in his own mind that, 
we gave this guy the world in his mind and, and he was never happy. He's, I think he's going to be framed as a malcontent within that inner circle. And, and it's too bad. I, I think there's a lot to learn for, for Vince from the interview. And there is a different way of doing things. And you can listen to talent. You don't have all the ideas. Your ratings are showing that. But so, yeah, I mean, I. I think Vince deserves a lot of credit for getting the character to where it's at, as does, you know, Dean Ambrose, John Moxley. Um, but no, I, I don't think the, the character reached the peak that it could have. And, and I always thought that peak would come as, as a heel, you know, feuding with Seth and Roman. And that was some God awful television. They, they just failed miserably with that. Where, where is AEW right now? With this Moxley that we just talked about and what he's done to boost his his street cred, so to speak, with this uh, the two interviews and going to New Japan and his his monumental, memorable, historically significant surprise appearance to to interrupt Jericho's show closing promo at Double or Nothing at the end of a really good show. Like where where is AEW right now in the landscape of uh, where are you in terms of your optimism about? AEW and the course that they're on come fall when they are on TNT. Are, are we still thinking two hours Wednesday nights prime time? Is 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 there another option out there that's getting serious consideration? I think they've. I mean, I think I want to say Jr. confirmed in an interview a while back it's going to be two hours in prime time. So that part, yeah. yes. I don't. I don't know why they wouldn't go with Wednesday. I mean, I don't think they want weekends. Um, and then when you have the, you know, I don't think they want to go against Raw. And then if they if they do have NBA Tuesday night, you can speak to this better than I can. I know they have a Tuesday. I, I think they also have TNT has the NBA on Thursdays. Uh, yeah. Uh, In fact, I think they you're have. You're not going to want to go opposite Fox and, and, and SmackDown. So Wednesday's the obvious night. It is the obvious night. I mean, unless they just blow us away and go head to head on Monday, <laughs> which I don't advise. I, I, I don't think it's fan. No. You know, as Vince would say, it's not very fan friendly. Ted Turner could go on any night. Why is he going on Mondays? Back then. You know, I, I think WCW had the the inherent the, the the audience built in with a Saturday night show, the the strong fan base, especially in the Southeast, but nationally, and and the alternative to to what they were doing in the inertia of of, of being a legacy branded product that was you know could sell out buildings, um, not as often going into Nitro as as they would have liked at their peak, or in, and not compared to their peak, but still, I don't think AEW should should uh, I don't think AEW should go head to head. That said, if they do, it's a hell of a story. So, yeah, probably Wednesday nights. So, I guess back to my question, too. If they're on Wednesday nights in between the Monday and Friday uh, WWE programs. Do you buy AEW and Tony Khan and and others in the organization saying, Cody, you know, we're, it's not about us going head-to-head or taking them on. We just want to give wrestling fans who are WWE fans or who aren't WWE fans a product that, that literally millions will want to watch. I, I think that's the right message to send. I think you can also do some of what they did at the pay-per-view, you know, with, with Cody and the, and the throne and, and you can, you know, we can rile people up that way. And, and I, I've never been one to look at wrestling as a team sport where you, you know, cheer for one promotion over the other, but there yeah. is an audience that whether they're doing that or they just enjoy the back and forth, I, I think you can appeal to some people with that type of thing. I, so I think they're saying the right things publicly, even if behind the scenes, I'm guessing there's probably some of the let's kick their asses. There has to be. I mean, it's just, you know, people are competitive by nature. There has to be some of that. But you don't need to share that publicly. And so I think they're playing it right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, how do you how do you feel about the roster and what they have at this point? And do you anticipate key additions between now and October? I, it, it, I don't know about key additions. Um, I, I guess it, I just don't know whose deals are coming up in WWE. 
there was a wave there where they were signing everybody. Um, I still don't know. I, it sounds like Nakamura State. I have never heard official confirmation that he's put pen to paper, but we know AJ did. Um, so if Nakamura gave I, his notice, he'd be featured a lot more on TV and they'd be doing a farewell tour for him. Oh, no, that was did? just for Dean. If Nakamura had, had given his notice. Yeah, exactly. They'd do what they do. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, all of a sudden they're doing that with uh, – I, I, I covered 205 Live this week, which I'd never do, but uh, Anish V needed the night off. And all, I did notice, like, hey, suddenly Mike Kanellis is getting promo time because <laughs> th- their deals are coming up. Yep. Um, I mean, you, you could get something like that. I, I don't know if you'd call that a key addition. I think it, just because they're, you know, had it happened right after their Impact run, you might have. Uh, he, he and Maria were really good in Impact. And then it's been two you know, disappointing years in WWE, I think. Two two years, I think. Um, so, I mean, they. I think you'll see them. Eli Drake is a name that I think will pop up uh, in AEW, is my guess. Um I guess, you you know, depending on, I don't know that you're going to get another John Moxley, but I I also don't know whose deals are coming up. So that may be the peak of it. But I think as time goes on, you're going to see more defections. If they can, if word of mouth is good about life in AEW and, you know, working with not just Tony Khan, but also you're working for some of your peers in Cody, the Bucks and Omega, if, if people are happy with the structure there and there continues to be some frustration with the way WWE does things. I think it's natural. You're going to see more people make that, take that leap. Yes. All right, Jason, uh, AEW has the magical powers to pluck one wrestler from, uh, from NXT, from impact, from ROH and from 205 live. Uh, what four wrestlers do you draft? If you are like an expansion team and you get to do that and they can't protect anyone. Oh, so I think NXT, I'm going to lean Adam Cole. And, and there's some real candidates there because I can make a strong case for Velveteen Dream. I can make a strong case um, for Johnny Gargano. Uh, but I, Adam Cole, Ann Park. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Another guy. Um, I, I guess... I'm doing so with the hope that he's going to lure Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly with him (laughs) and Roderick Strong for that matter would be great. But I mean, just Fish and O'Reilly in that tag division, I think would be great as well. Um, ROH, who Bandito is probably the breakout star in some ways of of the the house shows anyway. They're just now kind of getting him into title contention. I I, I guess I, I lean him over Jeff Cobb. Um, impact. Does it have to be a singles wrestler? Uh, you're like Shane McMahon. You can make up the rules as you go. Okay. If it's, if it's a, if I can use a tag team, it's LAX. If it's a singles act, I'm going killer cross. I think that guy has tremendous upside. Um, and then two Oh five live. Hmm. I don't see enough of it, but Hmm. I, there's talent there. I mean, everybody's been so severely damaged. I, I guess, um, oh, man, I'm trying to think of who, because I, I don't make it the champion niece. Um, I, I don't, maybe maybe somebody with upside like Umberto Carrillo. Sure. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, uh, Jason, let's let's wrap up the uh, Thursday flagship there, um, and uh, we'll come back and, and do some mailbag, because we have uh, email questions waiting. But as usual, we had so much, we didn't even get to everything, but... Uh, we got a, uh, a good conversation in, I think, extended conversation on the key topics for the week. Uh, tell people again how they can hear more from you than just 
here on the Wade Keller Processing Podcast. There's a flagship every three weeks. How can they hear you more often, um, both for free and also uh, a lot more often with your membership? Yeah, absolutely. Visit ProWrestling.net every day. Check out the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Do a search on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast for Pro Wrestling Boom. Hit that subscribe button and you're good to go. And then on the member side of things, audio reviews of all the major television shows and pay-per-view events for myself and the staff. I do same-night audio reviews for the pay-per-views along with Jake Barnett if it's a WWE event. And then I also do same-night audio reviews for Raw and SmackDown. And then I, I'm, I'm doing more than those, but uh, the, the staff is also chipping in on some. So, so just to keep it quick, know that uh, same-night audio reviews of the major shows. And then uh, we have all the major television shows reviewed in audio form, uh, in some cases, next morning type of thing. Uh, and, if you, and then the, also the .NET Weekly Audio Show that Jake Barnett and I do. It is our flagship show. We talk all the news of the week, sometimes include some first-run items that haven't been reported elsewhere. My Q&A show is a fun show where I answer pro wrestling questions to start, non-wrestling questions on the back end. That's where the fun comes in. And if you're interested in membership, very simple, visit pwmembership.net. It's the ad-free version of prowrestling.net. comes with all of that audio content that I'm mentioning. And uh, just, yeah, check out pwmembership.net for a full rundown of membership perks. Sounds great. And then, of course, on social media, uh, people can follow you at Pro Wrestling Net. You got it. Excellent. All right. Thanks so much, Jason. My pleasure. So tomorrow, Jason Powell joins me for the Friday Mailbag edition of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. So join us for that. Download it tomorrow. Hit refresh. If you missed the Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley two and a half hour interview, we drop parts one and two for a special weekend interview two-parter so scroll down on this feed to find that it's a must listen make time for it you will uh not resent me for pushing you to uh, check that out it's good stuff you can listen to it ad free and without the bleeps unedited unfiltered the raw version of dean ambrose john moxley by going vip pwtorchvipinfo.com the whole interview unedited, uncensored. So uh, check that out. It's a great time to go VIP. The Fix with Todd Martin this week features Todd's analysis of the first Dean Ambrose match in Japan, his latest on the breakout star of the New Japan Super Juniors tournament, his uh, preview of Super Showdown, his review of NXT TakeOver, and much more, including a session of nearly an hour dedicated to the mailbag questions that were sent in to The Fix this week from VIP members. It is a uh, centerpiece of... VIP offerings, and you should uh, check it out. I think you will make room for The Fix with Todd Martin every week if you go VIP. So check it out, pwtorchvipinfo.com. It will move to the top of your pro wrestling podcast listening list. I can almost promise you that. So check it out. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at the Wade Keller. Follow our brand, at PWTorch, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Check out pwtorch.com and mmatorch.com. For the latest news on pro wrestling and MMA, along with uh, live event reports and editorials and all kinds of other stuff. So uh, PWTorch.com and MMATorch.com. Check them both out every day if you're both a fan of pro wrestling and MMA. And of course, check out the PW Torch Daily Cast every day. The latest show on Thursday is PWT Talks NXT with the uh, crew from the NXT podcast on the Daily Cast lineup reviewing NXT TakeOver and the follow-up on this week's TV show that aired uh, this Wednesday night. That'll do it for me for today. Thanks, everybody. Until tomorrow's mailbag, Wade Keller thanking you and signing off.
Hey, if you'd like to hear this show without ads and plugs interrupting, there's one thing you can do right now to make that happen, and that is become a PW Torch VIP member. You get about a dozen other podcasts throughout the week that I host that are VIP exclusive, and you get the Wade Keller post shows and podcasts during the week with the ads and plugs removed, all on a separate feed exclusively for VIP members. Plus, tons of other podcasts that are VIP exclusive, access to our full archives of podcasts dating back to 2004, which includes post pay per view roundtables dating back to late 2004. Also access to our full archives, thousands of podcasts, over 1,500 back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter that started it all, ad-free access to our website, and more. Check out full details at pwtorchvipinfo.com. That's pwtorchvipinfo.com to get full details and then jump to our sign-up form. It's mobile-friendly, desktop-friendly. In two minutes, you can be a VIP member, show support for us, and we'll give you a lot in return, including a streamlined listening experience on your iPhone or Android device with the ads and plugs removed. Go check it out, pwtorchvipinfo.com. Have you subscribed to the PW Torch Daily Cast yet? It's a free daily podcast with shows throughout the week dedicated to Ring of Honor, All Elite Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, Major League Wrestling, NXT, and MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. That's Monday through Friday. And on Saturdays, check out the Deep Dive with Rich Fan, where he examines a single topic in depth. And then Sunday nights, it's Wrestling Night in America with Greg Parks. You can listen live or download the show later at pwtorchdailycast.com. Just click on the live stream link. He takes your calls talking about wrestling's biggest events, either ones that just took place or previewing shows that are right around the corner. And on Sundays when WWE runs pay-per-views, he's live right after the pay-per-view at pwtorchdailycast.com, reviewing the show and taking your calls. That's the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your wrestling podcasts or visit our homepage to download or stream the shows or find out more information, pwtorchdailycast.com. 